food. Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. Welcome to another episode of Snafu. We have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, John? Hey, my name is John Russell. I'm the event commander for all tournaments and conventions in North America for World War Games. Hi, hi guys. How are you doing? We're doing great, and I think... Hey guys, this might legitimize us a little bit more than we've ever thought. So, <laughs> someone talking to us from World War Games. We also well, have let's, with us. Let's see how the interview goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may strongly just, discredit us. Yeah, it? So <laughs> it, might, yeah, it might make us worse. But pressure's okay. on, John. That's right. Cool. So the pressure's not on John. I think the pressure's on us. Anyway, uh, as you just heard, that's Dale as well. Hey guys. Mm-hmm. And Pat. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Jeff. Jeff uh, bowed out today just from a uh, technicality. So. Yeah, it's got to go to a Gophers game, eh? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's at a Gophers game. I'm, I'm guessing he is. Either he's you not man. at one, he's watching one. Oh, for sure, I, don't you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, this, is, uh, this is our first. We've, we've been actually, or Pat's been communicating with John quite a while for our tournament, and I, we thought it would be great to be able to have him on, on our show. So, John, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Like, what, what, sure. How did you connect with Warlord, and what's your gaming history? Well, I, you know, I started out way back in the, the late 60s, early 70s with Avalon Hill games, you know, Luftwaffe and, well, Risk and then Luftwaffe, you know, you moved wow. in. Yeah, and then, then you moved into that, did a lot of the, the uh, Africa Corps, uh, Air Force, you know, all those old, you know, squad leader, all those board games. And then this little white box came around that had a dragon on it or something. It was called Dungeons and Dragons. So we did a lot of that. Sure. And then when I was a senior in high school, Opened my own store in the house. You know, I had to go down to to the uh, county courthouse and change the zoning districts to a business so I could put the store in there. And ran a store for a couple months. Then, of course, you know, life gets in the way. Dad got transferred, so I had to move the store to another place and worked at a hobby store for a while as a creative consultant. You know, that's a nice nice name on your resume. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And did uh, I was in charge of all the gaming, and then. Uh, Slowly started doing tournaments. You did the first tournament in Great Falls, and convention in Great Falls, Montana. Then joined the Air Force, and did, we did the first convention tournament over in Korea in 8990, and that was when Rogue Trader was out back in the day. Very early Games, games yeah. Workshop. Yeah, yeah Rogue okay. Trader. And it had the uh, Blue Beak Marine on the cover yes, of that, it if is. I recall. RB, RBTB-01, Beaky Marines. Yep, yep. There you go. And uh, did that, and of course got really heavily involved in Epic. That was my big thing. And I became an outrider. Uh, in 93, and that means, you know, I'd go and do demonstration games for anything, games workshop. I was living mm-hmm. in Texas, and I did about a 300-mile radius and did a lot of that. And then we'd go to all the games days and did those. And I went over to Germany and met the guys at the headquarters in games workshop and started talking with them and learning those guys' names and ran into a few of those guys and, and then came back and started working for Forge World in the United States, did that for about 10 years, and we'd go to turn, uh, conventions and we'd be selling Forge World stuff, and got to know the guys pretty good in the, in the games workshop hierarchy, and yeah. uh, then we all kind of made, were made redundant and kind of were floundering for a little bit, and John Stollard was a guy I had met and, and knew, and we chatted and we both discovered we liked World War II a lot, we'd talk back and forth and talk back and forth, and mm-hmm. then along comes Warlord Games and Black Powder. 
And I'm like, oh, this is kind of a cool game. And I chatted with John and chatted with John. And I said, hey, John, you know, if you ever do a World War II game, it would be a lot of fun. And he says, well, funny enough, you should ask that. Uh, uh, and it's – so we'd always exchange back w- w- books, you know, interesting historical books or uh, things back and forth. And then he sent me this test of bolt action. So we started playing the crap out of that. So this would have been, game. what, six, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was on the first play test for that, and the uh, the Calvary rules were my rules uh, that we had play tested, and then we also were the guys that came up with that. If you have four or more people on a side, each of you have a different color dice instead of all green or all black. Mm-hmm. So then it forces, like, let's say Rick has green and, and Dale has brown. Well, when we pull a dice out, Dale has to move his guys instead of the allies moving their sides. You right. know, so that was one of our rules. We had a great time play testing that, and then we had the uh, release party here in Oklahoma City. We had uh, four tables of uh, Operation Market Garden. Uh, we had uh, one was set up for 30 core, one was set up for Vega, which was 82nd. Then we had uh, Grosbeck Heights, which is 101st, and of course Arnhem, which is Poles and, and British Airborne. Mm-hmm. And we ran it for a day, and the guys from the Phoenix uh, sales team uh, from Mortal Games came up, and we sold a bunch of uh, rule books and had a video chat with uh, Skype chat with John Stollard and uh, it was a good time and we kind of just started the ball rolling and then about a year later we said you know we should start doing a, a convention here in Oklahoma City so we started doing the Warlord Games convention here in Oklahoma uh, next year will be our fifth year actually and we've went from uh, 1500 square feet and 11 tables to 9,000 plus square feet and about 50 tables. So in five wow. years, wow, yeah, we, that's, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Now yeah. is is the convention is that just all Warlord coming the, out the, or the first, is it first, bigger? The first three years it was strictly Warlord, but then we right. decided to, you know, that's not fair, and we all game and we all have those other games on the shelf. So let's open it up. A little bit so, of side check going on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so let's go ahead and fish in another pond, as we say. Right. And uh, we opened it up, and it was huge. We had uh, Team Yankee come in. We had a bunch of guys come in from uh, Colorado, from Texas, guys driving down from uh, Missouri, Minneapolis. Uh, Chris Clucky came down last year, and this year he couldn't make it, but he might make it next year. Uh, he's from up in your guys' area. He does mm-hmm. a beautiful 54-millimeter uh, uh, French and Indian War stuff with black powder. And We had people coming from uh, Utah, driving in, flying in. It was just crazy, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was very, very successful. So we're going to do it again next year. We're going to open it up. And we've got painters. We've got uh, stores. We've got vendors. We've got over 15, 16 vendors. Arena Rec showed up, and they, they had a huge time uh, with their stuff. And we had – there's a guy down in, in uh, San Antonio area called uh, Mike Gomez who runs a old Circus Maximus game from the old Avalon Hill days. But he blows it up into 20 millimeters. So this table is 12 foot by 4 foot, and you're running 20 millimeter chairs. Oh, wow. oh my God! It's just, just going around the track, then, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So he, we had that going on. We had Arena Rex going on, and then Jody Sires had. Uh, we try to pattern our convention with: you don't have to bring anything, just yourself. You know, pay to get in. 25 bucks, 35 bucks to get in. Well, it's it's 35 to get in and 45 if you want to do a tournament. We have Gates of Atari's tournament or a Bolt Action tournament. Mm-hmm. But you get in. And that's it. That's all you have to do. Because every game that we make, Black Powder, Pike and Shot, uh, uh, Bolt Action, Gates of Antares, Test of Honor. Uh, what, I'm forgetting one. I missed one somewhere in there. Uh, uh, oh, Hail Caesar. That's the other one. Yep. And uh, we have a beginner's table, an immediate table, and then 
the big table. So you walk in, you do the, 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 the beginner's table for about an hour, you learn the basics. If you want to go up, you can go to the intermediate table, that's about an hour, and you can go to the big table. That's a three to four hour table. Like for example, last year for the pike and shot table, we had a 12 foot by 5 foot or 6 foot T-shaped table, and it was conquistadors and uh, Aztecs. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it sounds and, a lot like the old game days. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what it was. Yeah. It's like the old games yeah. days. So you don't have to, you know, if you want to try something, test something. So this year we had the full breadth of Rome from the the chariot races to wow. the gladiators with Arena Rex. And yeah. then, then our main table for Hail Caesar, Jody Cyrus had 500 Gauls and 500 Romans and a huge just smash up it was phenomenal <laughs> so how cool. so how much space is that many is that many guys on the table it, it was it, it was it was a, about a i think it had an 8 8 or 10 foot by 6 foot table four table it was huge wow but we we modify that you know and we have guys driving down one guy drove from Colorado and he had Arnhem Bridge. When I say he had Arnhem Bridge, he had a 156 scale Arnhem Bridge. It was five feet long between two four by six tables, and he had the buildings, and he had Hubner coming across with the, yeah. the SSP. Oh yeah, it was huge. He's coming <laughs> back again next year. But yeah, I, was just, think, I always think Pegasus Bridge is big. Oh yeah, this thing was freaking huge. It was five foot. Uh, it's it's a rare model, and you can find it. But it was like, oh my god, it was incredible. But wow. and he's coming back again next year. And we, we've gone up, you know, that first little intimate session of 1,500 square feet and 11 tables and about 50 people. It was tight and, and a little cozy, but mm-hmm. uh, we just kind of expanded now. We're over 9,000 square feet now of, of tables, of anything. And if somebody wants to come and do something, they can call me or get a hold of me through the, the web or the Internet or call me, and we can or maybe work a deal and you can have your team come in, just like you said, the games days of old. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're doing. So we're doing that, and, and we're also bringing back the old grand tournaments. Uh, and I, we've kind of talked a little bit with Pat about this, and I can talk to you guys about this now to talk about tournaments. But we're trying well, to... Well, hang on. Before we jump into that, when sure. when is um, when do you try to have Warlord Con, typically? Oh, Warlord Con is, is in uh, May-June time frame, end of May, first part of June. It kind of okay. bounces around in June. The first one was on uh, D-Day, 6th June. And then it was on Father's Day, which was kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, get your, get your dad what he really wants, a ticket to Games Day. Right. But, <laughs> then, but then it was uh, Memorial Day was, was a little hard for some because that's people do a lot of family stuff. So uh, our attendance of our regulars went down, but we got a lot of new people, so it was kind of cool. And that's next year... Interesting. You wouldn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and some people had other plans. and It's okay. And, and we almost got locked into... Uh, Memorial Day next year, but the place we stay at is at the Reed Center, and they said, uh, uh, well, we got this date, the 13th of June, or we got the 30th of June, and we said, well, I don't think the 13th of June is cool, because the 13th of June is uh, Mother's Day, and there's no way in heck I'll ever have a convention on Mother's Day. Yeah, that, <laughs> so, that's the so, I don't know, the, the fishing yeah. opener in Minnesota is always Mother's Day, so <laughs> it's kind of a, you get away with it here, but maybe yeah, not yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> so, but, but then the, the weekend after Mother's Day and the weekend before Memorial Day, the 18th, 19th, and 20th opened up, so we said, yeah, I'll take that. So next year, May 18th, 19th, and 20th, Warlord Games Con, WGC, here in Oklahoma City, the Reed Center at Midwest City. It's uh, 
it's really cool because it's got we take over the whole second floor it's got really good staff there's a enclosed glass walkway from the sheridan hotel to the convention center so you don't have to go outside at all so you never have to be exposed to the elements there's a restaurant in there there's a nice bar the staff is phenomenal and uh it's a really good time people are really starting to like it. it's a really family oriented event we've got a uh, Frontline Games and Mario and Melinda Smith come up from Texas, and their whole family comes up. Their kids come and they help them set up the booth. Uh, the Smiths from here in Oklahoma City, Sylvia and, and Steve Smith, some of my Raiders. And you guys all know Sylvia from the videos, they, the, the blonde uh, that we talk about. I don't know if you guys seen our videos on our uh, Facebook page. Um, no, I, guys, I don't think they, I have. Okay, I, you guys? I, yeah. feel bad saying that I haven't either, but I guess I'm not a social mediaite. It's Sorry, okay. I, I have. Um, I'm just checking. It's 11 and a half hours from Minneapolis to Oklahoma City <laughs> yep, driving. Yep, so yep. That, was kinda, Google, that was the Google search I did. Just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then day, I looked man. at airplane tickets and how much those cost. Well, you can always bust it up, you know, stop over in Salt Lake City. In the way, I mean, not Salt Lake City, St. Louis or, or Kansas City on the way down. I usually, when I go up to Adepticon, I stop in St. Louis. for the, But, it, you know, it's, it's 11 hours. I mean, I got guys driving from Utah, flying in from Colorado. and But it, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of family stuff. The Smiths come in. They're, they're fantastic. Uh, Sylvia is our PR lady right now. She's been doing all our videos get about 4,000 hits at least in the first 24 hours. It was crazy. She wow. Just, it, it's crazy. absolutely nuts. Yeah, if you go to our, our, our Facebook page, uh, you know, the WGC uh, or just look up a Warlord, a U.S. Warlord Demo Team on the Facebook, you'll find us. And all her videos are there, and we're starting to expand out to other podcasts and other videos. The, the, the Drop Pod we're starting to do a lot of work with, and uh, 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 mini miniature games. I think we're doing some work with, and just exp- you know, doing a lot more exposure just to get the word out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on and, and spending some time with us. Now, um, the um, you know the communication from Warlord that just came out had a nice write up about about Russell's Raiders. Do you want to talk? Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to talk about your team a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, when I was an outrider and when I did stuff for Forge World, there was there's a lot of a lot of people out there that want to play and there's a lot of people out there that are really good at showing people how to play or 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 answering questions so when we go around to our events and there's tournaments and you know my job is to go around the united states and north america and to go to tournaments and conventions so you know it's tough life but somebody's got to do it <laughs> but uh um, way to step up yeah thanks i appreciate that to take <laughs> one for the team yep um but we meet people and there are certain people that we that we like and we talk and it, it takes uh, – you're asked to join to be a Raider. You don't ask to be a Raider. And, and I, I don't know if that sounds right. I don't want to try to be arrogant or anything, but it's just we're looking for a certain caliber of people that, to do our demos. And you, and you got to be able to drive, you know, 5, 6, 10, 12, 15, 20, 19 hours to, to do some of the stuff. And uh, what we do is is we go to conventions and tournaments, and we help run them, and we give prize support, and we – do demos. Two of my guys, uh, Dennis Johnston and Paul Long, were at Gen Con this year, and we teamed up with uh, World of Tanks. Maybe you heard of these guys? Yeah. And and uh, yeah. We, both those guys were in a booth, we're in, we're in a tent at Gen Con on Friday, and they were running a modified version of Tank War that fit almost exactly what World of Tanks is like. So we took a map. Two oh, maps, that's really clever, yeah. Oh, yeah, we took two maps and terrain right out of their boards yep. and ran tanks and modified the rules a little bit, and we ran... A little tank deathmatch. 
Oh yeah, tank death matches all day. And those guys are. I mean, it was tough work, you know, being in the tent and Gen Con next to the beer tent. But I mean, those guys <laughs> took one for the team. Sounds and, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we had special little giveaway gifts, and and uh, we had little special packets for. And they had like a, a big big event at five o'clock that night. And they had two hundred and fifty VIP passes came in. We had VIP bags for them, and for the next five hours, they did nothing but played, you know, killed tanks, drank beer, and, and had fun. So. A tank deathmatch is actually super clever. That might be a way. I mean, I'm just thinking about because you know at the club we sit around and you know we might have finished up with the bolt action or something else that we were playing. We got an hour and a half left over. A quick tank deathmatch might be might be a lot of fun actually. Oh yeah, yeah. It's get so hold we, of those rules or something. Sure, you bet. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll get those out to you. We're starting to team up, and it was such a successful event that we're starting to do more and more with World of Tanks. So you're going to start seeing us and World of Tanks at even more conventions and at. Uh, weekend recreation events you know guys get dressed up and go play world war ii stuff we're gonna start popping up there too and because uh, i mean everybody who does well not everybody but a lot of people who are recreationists also game or model mm-hmm. and our models are pretty good we, we you know we pride ourselves in trying to be some of the best historical miniatures out there sure and uh so so that's what a raider and us we do we had a, a full crew of 11 at nova and uh we all drove out or flew out, and yeah, it was. It was that is that your entire team that, that went? Oh down? no! Oh no! Oh, okay, it's about nineteen, and and, and okay. it's, we're really picky. We're really slow. We we don't want to build up real quick. All of a sudden, you know, like hundred guys. It's it's we need to cover America. When we're mm-hmm. trying to cover America, we, and we're we're doing a good job. And there's certain areas we're looking for, uh, the extreme west, you know, California and Washington, and then the extreme east. Uh, uh, New Jersey or Florida. I've got some guys up in New Hampshire, and I've got some guys <laughs> in uh, uh, a little further south. We're looking for that Pennsylvania, but we're trying to find those guys, and and it's and it's it's a slow, meticulous process. Uh, a guy gets nominated. Hey, check this guy out. You know, some guy will say, Hey, this guy Dale's pretty cool. We should check him out. So I said, Okay. So another guy in the group will say, Okay. I'll say, Bobby, go check out Dale. So one of our guys will float over to your table and start asking questions, stuff like that. And if you get through the second level. Then your name's passed up to me, and I call you, and it's the old school. Uh, a lot of people think it's crazy, but I, I kind of like to talk to people and, on the phone, and I'll call the guy, and we'll have an interview for about an hour. I'll talk sure. to the guy, and just, you know, what do you paint? What do you like? What's your passion? What are you doing? And, and it's not, we, you got to have stuff done. We're not going to give you something and then say, okay, go paint this and let me see. No, it, it's, you're a dude that's, a dude or dudette, you know, we've got some females, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, you're known in the industry. You're known in the area. Your store can nominate you. Your your friends can nominate you. But uh, we're we're looking for people. But it's one of those. You know, we get a lot of people saying, "Hey, I want to join." Well, yeah, that's nice, and your name will be put in the hopper. But it it, it and it's it's not it's not so crazy like the Masonics and the late night temples and all that stuff. <laughs> there's you know, there's no there's rituals issues. that you have to perform. Well, yeah, there is. Yeah, there he is said he said it's not. As crazy, so. oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I'm in it for the snuggies, personally. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah exactly. There's, uh, you have to keep your clothes on, okay? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a little dice ceremony, but you know that's about it, really. But it's just one of those. We want to make sure that the right presentation of the warlord uh, mantra and the warlord idea, you know, best historical miniatures out there. Sure. And, and we have really good rules, and you know, we don't really don't care. There's a lot of World War II miniatures out there. You can't, you can't. Uh, control an IP at World War II. You know, Thompson's a Thompson's right. a Thompson. But as long as you use our rules, we really don't care what miniatures you use. You can use 70, you know, we tell people, like the old, you know, Games Workshop stuff, 
Epic, 40K, and Inquisitor. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you use Flames of War miniatures for the big battle up to Cursed. And then a Prorokova, you can use our miniatures. And then if you really want to get crazy, get some, you know, uh, King and Country and do a squad to squad. There's some rules that we have for um, uh, squad on squad action, which is a true skirmish game. We're trying to find a better name. Right now it's called uh, Playing with Single Men. But, I mean, we're trying to get a little better. But it's, it, it, you know. Um, something a little less hands and pants. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you guys all play bolt action, so, you know, one squad, one one uh, activation dice. Yep. In in the true skirmish, the, this what I'm talking about. All members of the squad get a dice, so everybody gets an action, and it's a true. It's only about a squad on squad, maybe a light machine gun, nothing, no armor, but it's going to be a, a true commando skirmish kind of thing. So, you could really, you know, do a 20 millimeter, 28 millimeter, 54 millimeter game and hook it together. And we're working on stuff like that as well, but. A raider is a guy that, that knows one or two systems, can answer some questions, knows what's coming out, knows what's going on, and can tell you where we're going to be. Nice. That, that's a raider. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to find out who covers our area, so maybe we can plug him in and, and get a little bit of um, hey, help out. So. They're, uh, in our ears. Seamus Harriman is up in your guys' oh, area. Oh, over in Chicago. Yeah, okay. Chicagoland. Yeah. Seamus is one of ours, and so is Brent Sinclair. Nope. So I don't know if I know the, Brad. So he guy that does, uh, he's got a big event coming out called Operation Sting. Oh yeah, Sting oh, down in Rockford. Sure, yep. Yep. sure. Yep. Yep. I think yep. that was I yeah, just either... the weekend before Operation Snafu actually. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then there's uh, another guy down in Indiana and uh, in, in, in Illinois, uh, uh, Dennis Johnson and Paul Longer up in your guys' area as well. Okay. Awesome. Very very good. Maybe we'll get them to stop by for. Renegade or something, maybe do sure. some demos, spaces sure. like that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Now, and that was a big thing. We had not only you know, Gen Con is the Mac Daddy. You know, I, I get that. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. And and we I had some guys go out there to help them. Didn't expect to run into Warlord uh, game, uh, World of Tanks, but they asked us like a, about 30, 45 days out. And we said, well, hell yeah, we'll do that. But we we're going to be there to help them, to help sell at the War Store and also to promote Blood Red Sky. So. My guys just happened to be there, and it all kind of the last stars lined up, and it was all perfect, and we had a great time with World of Tanks, and so did they. So, you know, we're doing more and more with them because it's fantastic stuff. That I mean, sounds it, it works. really cool. How far out is that? Well, that was Gen Con, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was really far out. I mean, it just it all lined up, and, and those guys at World of Tanks were super cool, and uh, it was a lot of fun. They we gave a lot of prize support out and have a. Just had a ball. We're really looking forward to doing more with that. And that's what's, that's what's great about gaming. You know, we go around, travel around the United States. We run into some really cool people. Ran into a lot of great people and new friends out there in Nova and met some new uh, distributors. And we, we rolled out there with our canteen and uh, picked up some new new uh, people who want to carry their stuff. Uh, there's a guy that's got a great table. Uh, <laughs> this guy next to us, you know, we had some really cool people sitting next to us. He he's this guy's there. He's an uh, older gentleman like me, and he's selling a game table. And it's the the, the parameters were that his twelve year old daughter had to be able to fold it up, pick it up, carry it a hundred yards, and then set it back up again. And you know, all of us have need for a table somewhere in our house. You know, we we got to be able to set up a gaming table. And this guy came up with this table. It's uh, uh, aluminum and, and metal, and it's phenomenal. And this little girl picked it up, walked across the room, set it up again, and we're like, oh, that's really cool. So, I mean, we ran into that, and we ran into some great guys with some uh, 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 gaming companies, and that, that's a lot of fun. You know, a lot of cross-fertilization was going on, and it's fantastic. 
Yeah, the cross promotion opportunities are, you know, if you can find them, make a ton of sense because you're right. There is a lot of crossover. I play video games. I'm aware of World of Tanks and and the bolt action thing, and so it's it's really it is a lot of fun, and it's easier to make an impact and you know grow that audience when you can take advantage of those kinds of opportunities. Well, exactly, Dale. What's really you know, I love video games too, but after four hours, turn it off. All I got is like electrons somewhere stored. But you spent yeah. four hours painting a tank. <laughs> you at least got that tank. You got that tank. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so and, and that's a lot of fun. But definitely, absolutely. <clears throat> so I guess. But I it is. There is one thing about you know hopping into Chiha and World of Tanks and running around and, <laughs> and getting killed because I'm old and I'm not any good. But yeah, and exactly. also, you know, the Chiha's technically a tank head. But it, it it works out in the end. It's still a good time. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, in a roundabout way, hopefully, I answered your question about what a raider is and what we do and yeah, what absolutely. We like to do. So, so um, how long has the raider? You know, how long have the raiders been been running? And you know, what does that look like moving forward now? Well, we've been we've been in the shadows for about three years, uh, working on slow but sure, doing uh, inquiries here and there. We're we're just about ready to break twenty individuals. But officially, we've been on the books since 1 August. Okay. So that's so, kind of, yeah, the, the, this year, this one, we kind of took the, took the blinders off and, and uh, opened ourselves up to the world and, and started really, really showing our videos. And the the up grand then, reveal? Was, the grand reveal, yes, okay. uh, was, so was in August. So that's relatively recent then. Yeah, so we no, did yeah. that. So Nova yeah. Open was the big coming out party then? Was the big, big coming out party, yeah. In, in the month of November... We did four conventions. We did uh, a Maneuvers Con in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then the guys did Gen Con in uh, Indianapolis. And then we went up to Recruits at Lee's Summit, uh, Missouri. And then we did Nova Open. So we had four conventions in a month. And Nova was the big, the big, big party. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, great people up there, Nova, Michelle, uh, Laura, and Michael Bryant, and uh, Dewey and his son, uh, uh, Kieran, uh, it was great, great people and great time, and yeah, that was kind of our big, big time. All right, all right, and and you know, based on the ride up and and what I saw, it looked like it was actually a great time and really successful. So, yeah, yeah, it was a good time. All right, congratulations. So, Thank so you. what have you got? Um, what have you got moving moving ahead now in regards to, you know, this is likely. I think we talked about this maybe coming out. So, what what's it look like in October? Well, how about how about the rest of the year? What do we? Okay, what do you guys uh, have planned? October, we've got uh, ClawCon up in uh, uh, Missouri, up in, oh, the name of that escapes me now. Uh, not Lotley Summit, but uh, oh, if you if you Google ClawCon, C-L-A-W-C-O-N, uh, Con, uh, it's up in Missouri. That's going to be the 6th, 7th, yeah. and 8th of October. And then... Uh, the it's f- in St. Roberts. St. Roberts, yeah, thank you. It was yeah. St. something, I just couldn't remember. Thank you. Your Google search is better than mine. Well, I've got uh, I've got the Warlord uh, newsletter oh, open, and I can just good. click on it. So good. And then my parents uh, live down there, so there you go. Uh, we'll be there. It's it's uh, that's Eric Fontaine and his crew. There, there was nothing there six months ago, and Eric has now come up with this huge tournament and convention and prize support, and it's uh, uh, it's really something to see. And I'm really excited to get up there with our crew. Uh, then the next weekend, the 14th and 15th of October. I'll be over for the Warlord Open Day and mm-hmm. uh, HQ in Nottingham, so I'll be over there for that. And uh, there's a big buzz of the special miniature over there, of course. I'm sure you've seen that picture. 
Yep, they uh, just they just came out. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're talking about that's going to be a fun little miniature to get. Hold of. <laughs> wait, I, wait. I was considering how to get my hands on that wait, one. Which actually. miniature is this? I missed it. Oh, oh it's just how a could flesh you miss wound. this? It's just it's a flesh just wound. A flesh wound. <laughs> Are you talking the the Black Knight? I yes. can't say that word over the, over the internet, but I could certainly say that it's something like that. Yes. <laughs> okay, some IP involvement there. I sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking about maybe you know putting magnets on his arms and stuff, so you can take him off and on and stuff. But it's <laughs> it's going to be a fun fun conversion figure. Bite your kneecaps off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then we've got uh, November is going to be Millennia Con down in in uh, Round Rock, Texas, and then. Let's see. I know I'm missing one in there somewhere. There's uh, I should have grabbed my calendar. It, they're always getting – we get more and more added, tournaments or conventions. That's the main ones right now. Okay. And then, of course, LVO. We're going to be at Las Vegas Open in February. Adepticon in March. Uh, and then there's uh, another convention down here, TwisterCon. And then there's World of Games Con in, in June. And uh, Gen Con, and we're going to try to do about 20 conventions every year, uh, in some form or fashion. Wow, wow, I really don't get out very much. Yeah, yeah. And thank God there's more than just me. <laughs> uh, and and we always encourage everybody. Hey, if you want us to show up at your event, try to get a hold of one of us 45 days out. We'll try to get you in the schedule. If we can't get somebody there, we'll try to get some kind of prize support or or something special for you guys to give out. Uh, we also run a special that if we're coming to your convention, if you give us an order 30 days before the event, we'll give you 15% off and there's no shipping because you pick it up at our booth. And then our, we also have the special that if we don't find it at our booth, uh, we give you 10% off if you order it and pay for it that day. And if it's over $25, we give you free shipping as well. So so when your involvement actually is isn't... It's not just limited to maybe running some games, but you actually have a retail aspect that you, you show of, up yes. with. Yeah, oh, yeah, roll awesome. the store. Yeah, yeah. So we, we we try to we try to roll in there, and and uh, it's nice bringing as much as we can. I mean, I only have a pickup truck, and there's seven thousand uh, items on our computer uh, inventory list, so mm-hmm. we yeah, can't can carry it all. Afternoon scrolling through that website. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and I don't don't have a CDL license yet, you know, so. So what we try to do is carry as much of the core stuff as we can. Right. But again, if, if there's something you're looking for, like that Xylos Gulper that you've been dying to have, we don't carry a lot of those with us when we go around. But, you know, hey, you pay for it today, and I'll send it to you. Free shipping, because it's over $25, and uh, 10% off. Awesome. Well, is it 10 or, or 15 Because it was 15 If it's a pre-order, if it's a pre-order uh-huh. before the event, it's 15% off. There you if go. You get, if you get the order to me, and then I'll have it waiting for you. I'll have, uh, oh, here's Rick's box. Here you go, Rick. And you walk up and you pay for it, and you can walk away with 15% off and no shipping. Awesome. And that's anything. Now, that's for anything uh, in the Warlord uh, website. Uh, we just, uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff on there. And we just can't carry it all, so it's fifteen so percent off a pre-order. If you were coming, yeah, if you're coming up to Renegade, and I said I'm looking for a Blood Red Sky starter, I'd be able to. Ah, uh, that's up. another story. That's another story. <laughs> Blood Red Sky. Try to no, sneak that, in there a little bit. That was good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> if you pre-order that, that's going to be ready for Christmas. Okay. If you, and then otherwise, you have to wait till February. But mm-hmm. I do have two demo kits. That's so oh, very very okay. fun game. That's where the pre-order advantage is. Yeah. I thought it wasn't coming out till 
January for sure. Yeah, January, January, February for sure. But if you pay for it now, you'll get it at Christmas. Okay. Okay. So if you if you if you give me a hamburger today, I'll gladly pay you. Again pay your Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it. And uh, what's kind of crazy is the guys did over fifty or sixty. No, they probably see they did at Gen Con the first day. That Thursday, they did over twenty or thirty demos, and then Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they probably did over a hundred demos. And everybody who came up or everybody who watched it, after they they were told the rules in about five or ten minutes. Boom! They were learning and playing it, and every every game took maybe no more than forty five minutes. Huh. And it's wow. the Blood Red Skies is is a different airplane game. We all like playing airplane games. We all like it. It's a lot of fun. But you start getting into okay, who's higher than the other person? What's your altitude? What's your rate? How much can Andy Chambers has been working on this? Yeah, that Andy Chambers overfiend that uh, who's also wrote our East Front book and who also did some other work for us and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's been working on this for seven years, and what he's he's boiled down all this stuff to three little components. It's it's uh, advantaged, right? Neutral, neutral, and disadvantaged. Disadvantaged, yep. and yep. and it's little this little. I, I call it the <laughs> I shouldn't call it this, but I call it the toilet plunger stand <laughs> because <laughs> it, it the rotor, model tilts right. It, yes, it tilts. Yes. Yep. Okay. So it goes it goes forward, backwards, or, or stands straight up. So it, it can rotate like that, but at a glance, you know if the guy's disadvantage, advantage, or neutral. And and you can't disadvantage. You guys can't shoot. I mean, we we released the rules out there on PDF form. Yeah, which is a great idea, in my opinion. Yeah, right. I did. I, I did actually read through those already. Yeah, and 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 it's not about shooting down planes. It's about doing boom chits. Now people are like, well, boom chits. Why? Would, you know, if you think about it, Battle of Britain, the British just wanted to make the Germans go away. Yeah. If they shot them down, great. But if they made the bombers turn around mm-hmm. it was a win so if you can make and if you get six airplanes and i give you six or seven boom chits you're done you turn around regardless if i shot you down or not i've damaged you enough like if you think the boom chits as a pin marker it really clicks sure and, and okay. people start thinking, oh that makes more sense like that's, but it's, that's exactly what i thought when i read the rules yep it's that, a pin oh, so, so pin them out yep that makes sense pin them out so it's a lot of fun. We played it a lot of Nova. It's going to come out with a bunch of more stuff. There's, you know, aces have a whole other advantage. You can do some crazy stuff. Yeah, they got like, these, uh, like different pilot cards and stuff with them yep. too, right? And activation cards and scenario cards, just like our Test of Honor game kind of sort of. But it's really, really well thought out, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to getting even more stuff on it when I go over in, in October. Uh, it's a really fun game. If, if Even if... And they're working on tying it in to bolt action, but right now it's set up for you know Battle of Britain. But then we also have the Russians, the Japanese, and the British, yep. and the Americans, and the Germans. Two two questions I got in that, John. Yes, go ahead. Uh, first one: Are the models pre-painted? No, the okay. uh, the British are brown and the 109s are gray. Okay, so there's not one two hundred scale. Okay, and then uh, did you say when the pre-registration closes? Or do you know like the pre-order? The, the pre-order. pre-order yes. I think it's. I think it'll probably close about November, end of November. Uh, end of November. Yeah, okay. uh, and then uh, it'll be they'll, they'll be shipped out uh, uh, December, late December, and then otherwise it'll be open to the world uh, January, February. Now is that okay. shipping from the UK? Because I yep. know trying to yep. get something from the UK over the holidays. Is, <laughs> yep. Doesn't yeah, that's really why I say happen. late December. That's why yeah. I say late December. But they've gotten really good with. Uh, 
that was one of the things they, they noticed. The, the customer service from the U.K. is phenomenal. Uh, you call that number and talk to Harry, James, or Lorenzo Paula, and those guys are phenomenal. And then Richard Carlisle as well. All three of those guys are on the phone waiting for you guys. They take orders, but they also take uh, your submissions, and they'll run it down. Uh, they're a great bunch of guys. They'll fix your problems real quick. And they've, they noticed that the, the one of the weak links in Warlord Games was shipping. So they put a lot of effort and time and money to – I've put orders in on a Sunday night, Monday morning, and got it by Friday. Wow, that's a great turnaround! Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say in the last year that that the, the shipping time has cut down dramatically. We're trying to shoot for a three to five day window now from the UK. That's great. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and that's and it's and it's it's helping out a lot. And it's it's we're some growing pains. We all, we've only been in existence for ten years. This is our tenth year anniversary, mm-hmm. and we've got over seven thousand products. We've got. You know, five core main games. Test of Honor came out in March, and we've already sold it out twice, and we're on our third run. Wow. It's a very intriguing game. It looks, oh, it it's, looks very cool. It, it's a lot of fun. Some people call it, and uh, I've heard it said it's almost a Baron Pretzel game. I say almost a sushi and sake game. You know? <laughs> but uh, it's got enough hook of a role-playing game, and it's got enough hook... As an action, it's got a lot of, I call it cinematic effect. If you close your eyes, you can see the movie play out in front of you. Yeah, and, and, and there's some the, real storytelling there, too, I think. Oh, it, it's, it's just 50 bucks, 35 miniatures. 50 bucks, 35 miniatures. That's really good. And then the, there's some 2D, 2D uh, uh, terrain and all the dice you need. And then the, the booster packs, for lack of a better word, is anywhere from 24 to $36. You get mounted samurai, female mounted samurai. We just released this month a particular box of seven types of guys that we can get into later, but they look awfully familiar, and they take care of villages real nice. But uh, uh, and they can release some rules now for fighting in buildings, and it just it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it just keeps selling out and selling out. People, we sold it out at Nova, we sold it out at. Uh, Adepticon, every time we go someplace, if we have the main game, it sells out every time. Great. Well, I mean, if you can't keep it on the shelf, that's that's a good indicator that well, you doing something right. Good problem to have. Yeah, and, and you guys had mentioned something earlier, too, about it's good when you get done with your bolt-action game. It, it's very, very malleable. It, it's, I'll say, okay, Pat, hey, look, let's play Test of Honor. How much time we got? Pat says, oh, we got 45 minutes. Okay, cool, let's do five points. And then I'll be talking with Rick. I say, hey, Rick, let's do some test of honor. How much time we got? Oh, about three hours. Okay, let's play 15, 20 points. So you can you can change the size and shape of your, your, your band, your war band, to meet your time needs. And there's a role-playing element as your samurai battles. He learns and ex- gains experience and wounds and knowledge and he can grow his card deck and he can actually you know who cares about the commoners but the samurai lives on he's never really <laughs> he's never really killed he's just cut down and then he's that's a very samurai attitude <laughs> oh yeah yeah very bushido right it's, yes uh andy hobday and richard carlisle and and dram davy really put a lot of work into into this and it's very dear and dear so many it. games and so little time oh right? exactly yeah exactly just play with all the toys is that exactly. so wrong Exactly, Pat. Well, and then, you know, you've got, uh, t- you know, it all started out with black powder. 
and then Pike and Shot, and then Hail Caesar, and then Bolt Action. You know, Bolt Action is the number one all-time seller of any Osprey books in the history of Osprey. That's great. And and it and it's a it, it is a sexy book. The rule book is very sexy, and and I and I usually call rule book sexy. But you start flipping through that bolt action book, and you've got the osprey plates, and you've got those good looking miniatures, and they set it into that historical look. And it's a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears went into that book, and it's it's one of my favorite rule books. Yeah, the payoff is great in the end. It's a fantastic book. So, what what was with the uh, the printing that it makes me feel like I'm trying to remove a smudge from about every third page? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Well, and that's what's cool about. I don't. You can look through the the rule book for Blood Red Skies, and they throw that old '40s line art and and the Coca Cola ad in there. You know, it, it, it puts that feel. In the book, or Test of Honor, or even Project Z had those blood splatters every once in a while. Yeah. You know, okay. it just it makes you want to look through that rule book. Gates of Antares is another great one. Yeah, it, it, it really plays into how you feel about it's it's an experience. It's not just you're not just reading the rules, but all that extra little color and the effects mm-hmm. and you know, it's they're small little things, but they actually make a really big difference in the Attention end. Attention so. to detail is fantastic. And yeah. you know, the Gates of Antares, Rick Priestley, another big name in the in the in the industry. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, Black Powder is done by Rick Priestley and Jervis Johnson. Not you know, pretty damn big names in the industry, and because they're buddies with John Stollard. And you know, hey, yeah, why don't you come over? You know, John Stollard and Paul Sawyer stood up Warlord Games ten years ago, and, and it's you know their baby, and they're doing great. And then they they know some friends in the industry, and they got these guys writing these games. You know, Alessio Cavator did uh, the yep. Bolt Action Two. Now. A lot of people when Bolt Action 2 were worried, you know, everybody's like, oh, God, here comes Codex Creep. Here it comes. Because you know, we've all been conditioned by a certain company to expect <laughs> something to change every two, three years. And, oh, God, now my, sh- now my stuff isn't relevant anymore. I've got to go right. buy new damn books. Yeah. And, and we were very, very aware of that. But you guys got to agree with me. After five years, the warts are going to show. Warts and all are going to show in that, in that Bolt Action first edition. And we had to update it. But when we updated it, we went through, we took a lot of people's input, we did a lot of play testing, and I'm pretty happy with those rules. And we only changed one army book. And we had to change that army book because it was the first one, the German army book. And the German army book didn't match or compare to the other rule books. Yeah, uh, it was considerably underpowered compared. Yes, considerably. But now it, it, it's uh, on par. So, you know. We don't want to do Codex Creep. We don't like Codex Creep. But you we don't either. Be, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's just, don't. It, yeah, it's and, uh, one of the few things that actually appealed about the World War II setting is just because there's no such thing as, you know, there's no chaos or you know, some right. other game like that, you know. Right, you can't just keep making stuff up. You guys that would can't be make stuff Conflict up. 47. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah and, and, it, and that's the beauty yeah. of both action Conflict 47 is you can make your, your U.S. Army squad. Okay, the U.S. Army squad, and now add uh, heavy infantry or add a little bit of... Or add a walker. Add a walker, and boom, you got K-47. And we're also working on, uh, me and a couple of the guys are working on, uh, we've done a couple play tests, and we're going to do a couple more, and it's either going to come out in a PDF format, or if it's really, really popular like the Australians, come out in a a book format. Uh, We're working on Korea, and we've been doing a lot of work with Korea, and uh, it's... It's not that far from bolt action. You're still using M1s. You're still using Thompsons. Yeah. 
and you're using all late war stuff and it's really working well we just got to get the jets involved and and take care of some things but so far it's been a yeah, lot I guess of fun. barriers coming through there yeah, and, and helicopters and helicopters yep the hueys and yep. maybe some offshore bombardment so yep yep so we're working on it slow but sure we're also working on a i'm working on a, a thing called uh raiders attack everybody every major combatant had a special forces type unit you know the Americans had the first special service force, which is a joint commando team with the Canadians. We have the commandos. We have Russian boat service. You know, you have the Japanese airborne. You have the Russian airborne. You have the Brandenburgers. And all those guys had those special one-off units. And we'll take the rules from the back of the New Guinea book about night attacks and, and raids. Mm-hmm. And we'll throw in that, you know, playing with single men stuff. And it'll be a PDF or a, a book format. And it's just some of those little... You know, Operation Chariot. I've got a table. We did that at uh, Ga- uh, World of Games Con 2. I did a table for Operation Chariot, which was the HMS Campbelltown ramming the docks of St. Nazaire. And that turned out to be really fun. That sounds and, like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, and it was great. I've been tweaking it ever since, and now I've got a really nice boat model to put in there. And it's, yeah. it's really a lot of fun. And that's one of the things, like the old games days, that you come to see these killer boards sure. that people put a lot of time and effort in. And that's what we know. We kind of alluded to earlier about the grand tournaments as well. And I think I talked to Pat about this. If anybody runs a tournament and they let me know about it, and we we can get it squared away, and there's more than 16 players, it becomes a sanctioned event. John, so what does that? Yeah, what does that mean? Excellent, Dale. The other key in there was to let John know about it. That's the key. You let me know about it, and if it's over 16 people, it becomes a sanctioned event. And what that means is the overall winner of your event, the top dog, number one Uno, he'll get from me a golden dog tag. That so golden, so that what, golden is, dog, what is that? The golden dog tag will have his name etched into it, his army etched into it, and where he won it etched into it. And if that person presents that golden dog tag at Adepticon, he gets in for free. He doesn't get into the tournament free. He still has to pay for the tournament because we need to get you registered and everything like that. But you get into Adepticon for free, and you're entered into the Grand National Tournament. So now, Daddy. because because logistics is, is a little bit of my thing. So I'm thinking about you know Adepticon, having to register. Now, you usually prepay your registration. Now, what you're saying is if I walk up and have my dog tag, um, I wouldn't... The, you just... Yeah, you don't pay the 25 bucks. Okay. I've worked. So it's a general admission. General admission. Get in for free. Yep. Awesome. Very cool. Now, the dog tags, they're going to be pretty cool, too. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I get them from here local. We we get them sprayed up and uh, taken care of and uh, printed out. Well, not printed. We get them stamped, etched here, and then we send them out to the guys. Okay. That sounds awesome. (laughs) Well, I liked doing grand tournaments back in games daytime, and I liked going to grand tournaments, and I liked the... You know, I've been doing this for, God, over 30 years, and I remember a lot of the contention and the uh, uh, heated discussions and loud discussions in some of the 40K and Warhammer games and, and, the, and the idiocy and lunacy and the insanity. I mean, some of these guys spend a lot of time painting them, but then they get really hung up on rules and stuff. And all the times <laughs> of the last last five or six rule years of doing bolt action, bolt action tournaments, and Gates of Antares tournaments, and Test of Honor tournaments, I have yet to hear 
of some guy throwing his army across the room. I've yet to hear of some guy really yelling at an opponent. In fact, I've heard the opposite. I've heard so many times in tournaments, guys will say, oh, hey, you forgot to shoot those guys. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Or, oh, how about your tank? You know, if you did this and this. Oh, thanks. You know, nobody has gone ape crazy. I don't know what the uh, rating of this pod is, but uh, uh, nobody goes ape, ape, ape shit over You're fine saying that word, yeah. the, 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 the rules like they did in 40K. I mean, my God. People I think, are I think players. we all grew up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it's like you said before, the historical gamer is a little different. And, uh, you know, and once you say, hey, man, how about this and this? Oh, you're right. You're right. Thank you. And I'm sorry. You know, it's just it's yeah. really, really nice. I think that's more of, a, you know, promoting the sportsmanship behind yeah. it. That's yeah. really been more recent. And I will say with, I mean, in the Midwest, at least, as far as that's gone, like sportsmanship has always played a big role. So we've always had kind of a good scene. There's always that one time that some guy did this one thing. And there's been, yeah, watched, there's, I can, you know, yeah, there's been a couple, but it's certainly the exception and not the norm. Yeah. I think the community here, at least in bolt action, is great so far. It's yeah. been nothing but stellar in my, yeah. in my eyes. So, and, and we love it. John Starr loves it, and uh, Paul Sawyer loves it. And, you know, Paul came out for Adepticon this last year and had a ball. It hadn't been there for 15 years, and it was fun walking him around and seeing just how much Adepticon had changed in 15 years. And he was at the first one, and now he's at the 15th one. And we're That's working a big on getting, change. Yeah, we're working on getting some of the guys out for our convention. And even if we don't get them out in person, we can get them out in Skype and we start doing Skypes. The second open, the second World of Games convention, we had uh, pulled a, a ton of strings, and we were able to get that declared warlord games day in the state of oklahoma by the state congress wow and official little nice. proclamation stuff yeah and we got it all printed up so we read it off to them and the, they were freaking out and uh stellar's got to let us wall in his office the day. <laughs> That's but awesome. it was, it's a lot of fun and you know you know it, it's just it, it's it's a fun game system uh, i like running around the country seeing people and some of the things they come up with i mean i've seen some beautifully painted armies a guy did his uh, british army with Bobbies and the cricket team, and it was all early wow. British. It was beautiful, and then I've seen some killer Japanese tables and some Japanese, and then Finns and Romanians and Hungarians and Italians, and it's just. Then you go into K forty seven, and you got all that crazy stuff, and our resurgence is coming out. You know, we can talk about some stuff that's coming out. Well, we hold on yet. before before we jump into that. Yeah. Um, with all your traveling, running around, and you know, promoting the games that we love, um, do you? Do you play bolt action? I mean, do you have a regular oh, yeah. group? I mean, how do you get that? How do you yeah. get that to? How do you fix. still hobby I, I when kind of the hobby can be your job? How do you yeah, balance yeah. that? I I, uh, I don't paint enough as I should. Uh, <laughs> None and, of us and, uh, do. I just finished up right. my barnyard. Finally, I finished up my my cows and my horses for my Operation Sea Lion stuff. Uh, but I, I have uh, I have everything but Japanese and Marines. I've got a German army and a British army and a Polish army, a Polish airborne army. Uh, German early late. All right, so uh, so which one's your first love then? Oh, the Poles, but uh, yeah, you know, that's that's they were near dear in my heart, and that's. So do you play them like as partisan or? Oh no, I play early war. Early, early war. war, okay. Yeah, yep, and then the, and then of course the airborne, and now that you got that that plastic sprue is brilliant. The new Br- British, the British airborne sprue. I don't know if you guys have seen it or looked at it. I've I've seen it and. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, I already have sixty some of the metal ones. I'm not I really wish the British. I, yeah, the British paratroopers. Yeah. I did a big Operation Market Garden, the last big uh, GT we did in June, and then about you know two weeks after that, and I was done with all of them. Then you guys 
brought these out, and I'm like, oh, are you okay, kidding me? Pat, <laughs> but, but, Pat, what do you have for the Polish Airborne? There's something to be said for that. I, well, British, and, British is the only army I currently have. Yeah, so. yeah, well, see, but the British Airborne Sprue, the upper left five heads are British. The upper right five heads are Polish. And they have oh. the correct Polish berets and the symbol on the hat and the mustaches. So that sprue is both British and Polish. So they've, they macked it out so you could run either or. So That's really cool. Oh, yeah. When, when I saw that sprue and Paul showed it to me and he showed me the heads, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So now we've got plastic British or Polish paras. So it's fantastic. All right. I'm looking right now. The upper left and the upper right heads are different. Five are British and five are Polish. The the, the beret's bigger. The the symbol on the beret is the is the eagle, not the British uh, horse. It's just I was like, oh my god, they just. It's, we're living in a golden age of miniatures right now, gentlemen. It's yeah, we really are. Now. We and really just, are spoiled. It's it's so so much now that this plastic stuff is coming out. I mean, and it's you know, it, it's. My first love is probably Germans, because, I mean, that's what I started with. Did a lot of okay. those. And I really like it, and I keep expanding them, and I just don't have enough Germans to paint. And then I get really stupid by magnetizing their kit so I can take them off and make them Luftwaffe air, airborne or naval guys from, like, example, my Operation Chariot. I was painting up some guys that could remove their kit so they could become naval troops instead of army troops, because they mm-hmm. were basically the same stuff. They just didn't have all the kit. And then... Uh, you know the Fallschirmjäger, and I just got a bunch of uh, Gebirgsky Jagers finished. So I got a big old company of. Uh, <laughs> of Don't ask us to pronounce that, but yes. Yeah, yeah I'm off. Mountain troops. Say that one. Yeah, I got a whole. I got a whole company now. Three squads plus some some medium machine guns now for my mountain troops. And I just got to find out where to play them. Uh, That's fun. But the the sea lion and the gigant or gigant is of course a a deviation from our true historical. And I don't know if you guys have looked through the uh, Gigant or the Sea Lion, but there's some comical fun stuff in there. There is. The roller skates really stuck to me. That well, was the, my favorite, too. Well, the roller skates, but have you guys looked through the Gigant uh, rule book yet? No. It's I, got, that, that's the northern invasion. Yeah, that's with, the, oh, the, that's sea, the lion, sea Lion part two. That's, that's part right. two. Yeah. Right, with, with, with the Fliegepanzer, the Panzer ones with wings, and uh, the... <laughs> The rugby troops and the soccer troops and the cricket troops. Yep. The cricket team's got two different kinds of ballers they can throw, fast or slow. You can get around terrain if you do fast, and if you do slow, you can get a bigger hit. There's the rugby team that does a close combat assault tackle, and then there's the soccer team gets an extra run if they're still dribbling the soccer ball. It just, it's just crazy stuff. But, <laughs> but the Flugpanzer is, is kind of like, what the heck is this? But it's... If you think about it, it is it it, it f- physics and it works. But why would you? But it's just you know it's funny and it's a lot of fun. And of course you know getting Churchill with a with a yeah. with a Thompson is hilarious. Yeah, uh, yeah and he thing. won't run. Yeah, yeah. Churchill doesn't run. Yeah. <laughs> so did you find those heads? I got I distracted. I got distracted by the tank okay. war bundles again. Ah, tank war. Yes, that's our that's our big release this fall. Tank war and resurgence. For 40K I'd, I'd heard rumor that there's a plan to do a Tank Wars 2 book. 
Yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start doing some more tank force stuff, and you know how fortuitous that. Oh, look, we're working with World of Tanks now as well. So it's uh, that, that kind of fell together, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of. Now, John Stoller had been working on those guys for three years, and it just all kind of fell into place finally. And it, you know, uh, my dad always said, "There's no such thing as coincidence; just plans other people didn't tell you about." Exactly, and uh, it, it's really starting to take off. We're doing a lot more tank stuff. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Tank war is a lot of fun. It's it, it puts the armored platoon in there, and uh, now you guys can really have fun with Fury, you know, if, if you want to. And that's, yeah. Whether you whether you love or hate that movie, it's kind of near and dear to my heart because one of my World War II uh, veterans was a consultant for that movie. If you watch the extra credits, there's a guy in there called Paul Ander. They called in four guys to help consult with that, three armored and one infantry, and Paul was the only infantry guy. He's actually came and spoke at World Games Day. Uh, we had him out uh, our second one, and he came and talked for like an hour. Oh, People cool! Were mesmerized. Yeah, he started out when he was seventeen in North Africa. Three, yeah, a lot of the guys yeah, did. Yeah, three bronze stars. I mean, three purple hearts, two bronze stars, and one silver star. Two. Wow. Yeah, and five five campaign medals. So he, yeah, was, he wow. was busy. Yeah, and he's he's great. He comes and loves talking, and he's one of the consultants. If you watch the extra stuff on that Fury, you'll see him in there. But uh, now with Tank War, you can really have some fun with that stuff. I mean, you can really, really uh, just expand up your armor platoons, and you know why not? That's a little farther than we are. We're still we're in 1941 right now, still with Ah. just pure bolt action, and I think we've got the Tank War, the original Tank War book, and. Although I'm not a big collector as a Japanese, my tanks aren't outstanding. Yes. But what? How many tanks are you sitting at now, Paul? Or Pat? What are you at? Like nine? Oh, pff, I passed nine a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> if, if you count the German tanks that I was planning to use for train, but now I might be developing a German army out of them, um, I oh think I'm at well, 14. Yeah, I, I'm not counting my tanks that I'm using for terrain. That would put me at a pretty high number, but. Yeah, so. you, yeah. Okay. So yeah, but uh, British tanks that I would that I have painted and consider usable, I'm at probably eleven. Okay. Nice. Jeez. Nice. All right. All right. Some would say I have a problem, but I, they're just they're awesome. Well, we don't die till we paint it all, so you know we're gonna live forever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. And, and I will take it with me. And quite honestly, that is one of the other things I commend Warlord for is that I feel like their models are more economical. Well, we really turned a corner, Rick, I think, when our new box sets were coming out with, like the, the KV-1, KV-2. Yeah. You guys looked at that. That's, oh, my God. The, the, that, that box just blew my mind when I first looked at it. Uh, you get the KV-1 and the KV-2 in there. Uh, yeah. Rubicons are beautiful models, don't get me wrong, but they give you one turret ring. Yeah. Our tanks, you can do both turrets. And that KV-1, KV-2 set comes with three little puff balls of black, red, and yellow, so you can yep. you know, immobilize whatever. Decals for Russian or Finnish, and eight tank riders for 32 bucks. I mean, yeah. damn. <laughs> and now yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and now all of our tanks that we're starting to come up with are going to have those data cards, those cool little data cards in them. So all the new stuff has been retooled to show those new data cards. So it's, it's a lot of fun. All right, John. So, in addition to you know the tank war and the resurgence, is is there anything else that we can look forward to as far as bolt action goes coming bolt out? Action, so. Yeah, bolt action. We got K forty seven, which is the Japanese and the Finns, and that mm-hmm. stuff's really starting to hit now. And then we've got the tank war stuff uh, in the October November time frame. 
Scholastic SS. I think I remember hearing something about maybe um, yeah. some new French <laughs> stuff coming, too. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Uh, but, yeah, the Plastic SS are coming out. Um, the We've got some more, more tanks and, and bundles. Okay. We've got, uh, and I think every year, Warlord Games likes to come out with something a little uh, extra at Christmas. Uh, the first one we ever did was Rorik's Drift, and then we did Pegasus Bridge, yeah. and then we did Laha Saint. Well, the rumors that I'm hearing now, this Christmas, it's either going to be Stalingrad, <laughs> or, or Berlin. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so wow. it'll be a box set, it'll be a box set like Rorik's Drift, or Laha Saint, or... Uh-huh. Pegasus Bridge. And it's I, be I do all... have the Pegasus Bridge one, and that's got a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the. I'll find out more next month when I go over to talk to the guys for a sure. week. Sure. Yeah, because that's the. That's so the those, those will have like, uh, in addition to like just the train, it'll have miniatures and some some yep. uh, scenarios and stuff like that to go yeah, to. Like just like Pegasus Bridge. Yeah, that was like really some cool. plastic SS. Yeah, like plastic SS. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah that some really Berlin stuff. That would be. Man, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. And Stalingrad, that's, I mean, that's pretty iconic itself. I mean, yeah. we have a, one of our friends is working on, or trying to work on a Stalingrad table. He would be over the moon if, if that happened. So. He needs to get a hold of a guy named Tony Rieger out in New Hampshire area, Connecticut. They, 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 did a, they have an event called Huzzah. And it was two week. It was a week before our event, so we couldn't get up there. I couldn't get up, but I sent one of my raiders up there, and they had been working for a year on Stalingrad, mm. and they had the train station, they had the barricade, they had the Pavlov's house. Pavlov's house, sure. And they had, and it, and a guy did it all in MDF. And he sells really? it now. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's I might have seen. I might have seen that actually. Yep. Yes. The basement. Yep. Yeah. And they sell it now, and I've got Pavlov's house here. Oh it's a pretty God. amazing kid, isn't it? What a kid! What a kid! But I mean, if, jeez, if I could only friend, imagine. Oh yeah, it's it's unbelievable. We're gonna do an unboxing, and we're gonna build it, show people. But it's just, it's it, those guys did phenomenal work, and it was just something else. Man, I'd love to paint that thing up. That oh, would yeah. be. Yeah. It's 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 like four levels. It's in three separate sections. Four, four, four separate sections. sections. Yeah, yeah. There's two oh, yeah, centers. It's... There's a destroyed center, an end, and then another and a clean end. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. and and it all comes apart. And and it all has levels, so you can expand it out. It all comes and they're apart. detailed. They're yeah. detailed levels too. There it's three weeks or four weeks before they went live. They found out that they had the the wrong style uh, uh, border on the. Um, oh, what was it? Railing. They had the wrong railing on the wrong side of the house or the wrong type. So they had mm-hmm. to retool it all. And they, re- they redid it because they saw a picture from the museum in Russia. And they retooled that kit so it matches exactly to Pavlov's <laughs> house. Yeah, it's... Talk about river counting. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On that stuff? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Super that's impressive. the stuff for, for bolt action. For, for Black Potter, we got 1812 coming up. Uh, and all the stuff around 1812 here and over in Europe uh, okay. up to of course Napoleon and all that stuff that just hit all this month and then of course Blood Red Skies yeah. alright I'll be interested to see if Warlord or how they're able to 
that work the the blood red skies tie into to bolt action because yeah. we we saw that and we were talking about we were talking about how oh you know what maybe you know you do those linked battles or scenarios where one can impact the other and how that would be really interesting so well and and, and there's a lot lot of room to grow because blood red skies right now is battle of britain so it tie into maybe sea lord uh, sea lion or yeah Gigong. definitely but, tie in those but, but with with the russians and the japanese and and the americans uh, you know, George Preddy was World War II Battle of the Bulge. That's where he was shot down and killed. So there's got to be a tie in there because that's how he was shot down and killed was uh, friendly anti-aircraft, which mm-hmm. is a rule in bolt action. When there's a reason why it's there because if you talk to any World War II guy, they said, well, hell yeah, we shot at every damn airplane that flew over. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they didn't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they did. I mean, and there was a chance your, one of your friendly aircraft was going to blow you up anyway. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it kind of exactly. goes both ways. Yeah. So, so I'm sure... We're going to come up with... Especially with when, kind of when Pat's calling in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm sure that, that we're going to have some kind of tie-in. And, and then just like our campaign modules, which is really great, you know, we've done... You know, we did Eastern Front, Western Front, Pacific, and then we did specific battles, you know, New Guinea. Now we're starting mm-hmm. to do... New yeah, New the New Guinea book is, book is is amazing. Really, really yeah. excited but, about that one. But, but what is... There's one thing wrong with the New Guinea book. I don't know. What's that? Next time you look through it, Dale, tell me where New Guinea is in that book. It's all about Australia. Well, there's no map. And there's no map in that book. And I pointed that out to the guys in the UK, and you're like, oh, my you God. You know, I hadn't right. even thought about that. but There's no map in the New Guinea book. So, Which is actually something you look for, typically, because you <laughs> kind of want to know where all the battles occurred. <laughs> exactly. So what we're thinking about, I'm going to press more hard on those guys when I see them next month. Why can't Warlord do an Osprey-backed map book and have all the main battles of bolt action in one book? Well, if 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 You'd the maps also like, include like the troop movements and stuff yeah, like that, that would like actually be really books. cool. Yeah, yeah. That be cool. Yeah, it would had be like the cool. the different the different years and where yep. the influence was. I know. Like I know we're. Like uh, when we're doing our campaign game at the at the club, we're in you know 1940, and now we're just starting to get into Africa. And you know the guy throws uh, Jeff throws out a name of a place. I'm like, where in the crap is that? So yeah, then I'm yeah. having to figure it out and you know check the Google and find the maps there. I don't have one big source to go to for all this stuff. That'd be and really then go cool. Read the Wikipedia article about that particular battle and hope that is correct. Yeah, well, be, well, we need those campaign tie-ins to get the yeah. special rules. So, yeah. well, <laughs> yes. and, and there might be some plastic British coming out here pretty soon that are, that are East Indies, you know, and you might be able to oh, use sure. those. You might be able to use those for your uh, desert rats. Not that mm. I'm saying that might happen, but I'm just saying <laughs> the trick. The trick is, you know, once I'm done with my boards for Operation Snafu, then my hobby. You know, Q is much smaller, so I'll be looking for something. And nice. the New Guinea book came out, and I love the oh Australian rules. And we just talked about the partisan rules mm-hmm. for the partisan army. And, you know, I'm just like, it's something comes out, and I'm like, ooh, nice. Oh, what about this? Ooh, I like that. So we'll have to see. Well, and if you ever need happens. inspiration, you know, you always dig into your old ASL. You're going to dig out those old scenarios from there. There's one in there I want to do. It's got, uh, from Skull Squad Leader, it's, it's a... Russian partisan unit that's getting attacked by some SS mounted, the Florin Gray, mm-hmm. and they get resupplied and reinforced by Russian airborne troops. 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's so. it's, it's funny. I um um I was um one of my one of my other friends, gaming friends, not uh, miniature gaming friends, my video gaming friends, who I've known for years and years and years. It turns out that he's a big uh, advanced squad leader player, and so oh, wow. he heard about the podcast and he's been listening. And so I'm going to meet up with him later on this year. So I'll be talking some advanced squad leader with him. I'll maybe I can you know see what he's into. That's oh, you can always do that. Yeah, yeah. You pull out that first board and say, okay, look, this is what it looks like on the board. If you step over here, oh look, here's the terrain that matches that board. How about you feel it and see it and move it around the dudes yep. instead of that little counter chair? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know baby steps, you know. It's oh, yeah. a little bit of oh, a yeah. feeder program, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yep, cool. But, yeah, that's, sorry, that's, what, like... that's what I know what's coming out, and I'm always willing to talk to you guys again and uh, fill you in what I know and what's going on. No, it's exciting. I'm, 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 I'm excited. Yeah, and thanks for, you know, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. So. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, like Hopefully, a, sounds like an amazing um, end of the year here. Yeah, hopefully yeah. our little operation snafu will will grow and and maybe we can have have some raiders come up sometime. Oh, I think I think we got some in the area. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really exciting. And who knows? Maybe maybe warlord, you know, warlord con is something that that we can pop down to. It sounds great. So well, we always have our own special miniature too. This year, uh, uh, this year's theme was uh, box tar. Bo- uh, let's see, was it? Uh, oh, this was uh, next year. Next year's theme is boxcars to Berl- uh, to Versailles. This year was War to End Our Wars. Now 1917, you know, 100 years later, and we had a special miniature made by Bill Thornhill from Footsore, and Patrick from Bombshell, and uh, they made a special miniature. Uh, the Patrick miniature was a doughboy, American doughboy, and the miniature from Footsore was Pershing. Uh, he did a, a General Pershing miniature that we you could only get in the uh, swag bag. Uh, the the first well, we have hundred we have hundred swag bags that we give out for the first hundred people. The first twenty five swag bags are a little different. Uh, I'll tell. I know. I thought we were almost done, but I'll, I'll get this in real quick. Um, <laughs> no problem. The the first swag the the first uh, twenty five the first uh, the second year we had a tank sprue a full tank. The third year we had a. M3A7 combat drone from Gates of Ataris. And this year, the special sprues in the first 25 bags were gold and silver to match the Cybermen and Daleks that we gave away. Oh, nice. And oh, then the, cool. other, the other, the other, and all of them got these special miniatures from Bill Thornhill and Footsore sure. and Patrick. So next year, I asked Bill, I said, okay, what do we want to do next year? And he says, what do we want, John? I said, well, how about you figure it out? Because everybody's always telling you what you What would you like to do? Oh. So we've come, yeah, so he said, okay, how about this? Release the hounds. Yeah, so he's coming up with this really cool concept, and we've got Dale, Dave Taylor to paint it for us. He's going to paint one up for us. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be uh, uh, British Tommy coming up with uh, with his right hand. He's got no kit on. He's just got his uniform, and he's raising his right hand. And there's a uh, British uh, German Fritz raising his right hand with no kit on, and they're getting ready to shake hands, and we're going to call it the 11th hour. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. And cool. uh, and uh, that's our special miniature. Uh, now, what the special sprue is, I can't tell you. But you know, first sure. twenty-five people who prepay, they get that. But that's the kind of stuff we have at War of Gamescon. Plus all the extra bells and whistles and special things and how to paint stuff. And so and, when uh, when should we look for you know pre-registration opening at Warlord Con? It's for open those people now. who want to. Oh, it's open right now. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Come to the website and you can uh, if you go to. 
WarlordGamesCon.com. WarlordGamesCon.com is our official website. It's it's a little old-fashioned, but we're working on it. We'll get it better. But you can register there, WarlordGamesCon.com, and uh, you'll find it. You've probably got right. Google fast enough. You already found it, but, you know. <laughs> And for anybody listening that wants to get a hold of you, John, um, you know, maybe to talk about sanctioning their event or sure. following up with any questions, how um, how can they do that? My email address is jon.russell, John Russell, at warlordgames.com, uh, all one word, warlordgames.com, jon.russell, and my cell phone number, my personal cell phone number. Ooh, wow. Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Oh, Are you yeah. sure you really right. want to do that? That's right. That's okay. Patrick's got it, and I don't mind people calling. Well, okay. We have thousands of listeners. That's excellent. That's yeah, what we believe. We believe. Yeah. We believe. Okay. It's not me spam downloading <laughs> all the time. Right. So it, it's, it's on my business card, and it's on, it's on our website. It's okay. All right, okay. All right. 406-579-7704. Wait, that's not the one I have. Just, just <laughs> <kidding. laughs> Say that again, John. BR five. No, it's uh, it's four zero six five seven nine seven seven zero four. And you guys call me and just let me know if I can answer the phone. I might be in a in a in a, in a storage room counting something or something. I can't get away. I will answer you within the hour. Wow. And I'll try right. to get back to you, and, and uh, we'll see what we can do. I, I will say, John, that you are very prompt in responding to emails, messages, and whatnot. So I do appreciate that. I know I've been hounding it all summer, but we finally oh, no, got everything no. together. It's good. I like that because it helps me remind it. Because you know, I get on the average of 20 to 50 emails a day on just, hey, I need this, I need this. Okay, I got you, got you. And I'm like, some people what just, I just agree to? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I end up being a one-armed guy with a, with a, in a boat with one paddle, and the alligators get close. So I just hit them and do a circle and hit them again. So it's, it's good to be reminded. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, well, Pat's done a great job in regards to the price support and, and reaching out. But I just want to say that we really, we, we super appreciate what you've done for us up to now, and look forward to um, to what's happening as well, we go and, on. And and I appreciate you guys helping me out because what you've done is you helped me test out some things or try different things. And you know, right now we're giving out sprues and, and price support. We might change that later on in the future to a special code that you can use on our web store and buy special things. So we're, we're, we're tweaking it all the time. We don't want to make it stale. We want to keep it live and fresh every time. So make you keep coming back for more, you know. First one's always free. Oh, the, <laughs> uh, right. a code a code that you can you can use on the web store, actually, that sounds very, yeah, it, and, yeah and that, that sounds good. Yeah, and they allow you to get like 15%, 20% off or free shipping or something or, or use for just that instance or one time or during that month or something like that. Some of our people who throw stuff in our swag bag, like Secret Weapon or, or uh, Historique or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the guys down from Arena Rex, they'll, they'll put a little code in their bag. You know, Geek Nation throws a, uh, a code in our bag that you can use for the months setting up your tours and stuff. So it works. I know it works. We just got to figure out how to get it better and get more people involved. And always check out the Warlord Games newsletter. You know, sign up for that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Wednesday cool and Friday. Yep. Wednesday yeah, and Friday. It's awesome, it's awesome to get those. Every once in a while. Yeah, and every once in a while there's a story that I wrote in there, so it's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. That's right. how I, I'm like, oh, that's John. We're talking to him. What's this yeah. Russell's Raiders thing? That's so it. that was cool. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to see our, uh, our Operation Snafu flyer get into that newsletter. I will push and make sure that they get that in there. We're sold out with a waiting list. It, yeah. it feels kind of that's fantastic. And, 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 and kind of when counter. Is, and when is Snafu so we can get it on the radio? Uh, uh, the week 18th. weekend before Thanksgiving. Weekend that's before. all I know. November eighteenth. 
November 18th. So I will I will be in the offices of Rick Carlisle, who takes care of the the events page in the newsletter that comes out Wednesdays and Fridays. And I will make sure I will twist his arm to make sure you get your guys' flyer out there. That'll be cool. It'll, It'll be, be neat to cool. see. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's cool. It's a lot of fun too. All right. All right. Well, thank you, John. I don't. I don't know. Do you have a Do you have a favorite World War II history song that you want us to lead out with? Uh, lead in with "In the Mood," and you can lead out with uh, "On a Wing and a Prayer." On a Wing and a Prayer. Nice. All right. We will. Uh, we will be back in three minutes. Thank you very much, John, for joining us. It's been you great, and, and we hope to have you back on again. Oh, soon. you betcha! Guarantee, I'll come back. Yeah. Thanks so much, John. That was great. Okay. Cool. Thanks, John. You betcha. <laughs> was missing two hours overdue one of our planes was missing with all its gallant crew the radio sets were humming they waited for the word then a voice broke through the humming and this is what they heard coming in on a wing and a prayer coming in on a wing and a prayer though there's one motor gone we can still carry on Coming in on a wing and a prayer What a show, what a fight Yes, we really hit our target for tonight How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, we're coming in on a wing and a prayer. All right, welcome back. Uh, John selected a great song. We appreciated having him on the show. Now back with us is Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. (laughs) Hey, Jeff. (laughs) <laughs> so the uh, second second part of this episode, we are going. Any to talk any quick about... hobby updates here? Because I I did a lot of stuff. Oh my gosh, that's not in the agenda, Dale. Come on now. All right. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done constructing one of my boards. So 
Oh, all right. Nice. Fine. Okay, all tell, right. tell us where it is because that's really? a big step. No, that's it. I'm just I'm just done building all the uh, all of the all the blocks. Did, did you give up on it? Oh no, no. Blocks. I mean, yeah. they're priming. Most of them are. Um, I've I've got four of them already primed, and the others are are getting primed now. So nice. Yeah. The, the what I've seen of that board, it looks great. So yeah, I'm excited about it. So we're making progress. I'm yeah. I'm flocking stuff and whatnot. So anyone else have an update in that? I'm I'm spending all my time trying to figure out what freaking color I painted my foreign legion guys. Oh. I can't I can't remember what brown I used and none oh, of the browns I've found so far match. It's great. Down. Yeah, yeah you, gotta, I know. you gotta take a picture of your paints with your smartphone. That's what yeah, I do. Would have been that's intelligent. A good way going about it. That's not how I roll. Except, well, you know, when they say hindsight is fifty fifty. Uh, and it works great until you rub the um, you rub the label enough that it no, it I takes mean, all 50, the print 50. off. You're way ahead of you on that front. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've never heard it that way, but that's okay. All right, so the uh, we're we are neck deep in Snafu Operation Snafu stuff. As as you, I mean, we're talking about making tables. Most people don't talk about that, but we're we're trying to get all of our tables done for this tournament coming up in a couple months now. So we're dedicating the second half of this episode to Operation Snafu, and it's, we are going to we're de- dedicating divulge, it. <laughs> Long live Operation month. Snafu. We we're letting out all the buddy. secrets, whatever. Uh, we're we're going to kind of give you a breakdown of everything that's happening at this tournament so that you guys can, like, the people that are participating or those that would like to maybe attend next year will get some idea of what we're doing. So um, where to start? Point oh, number two. Point two A. So we from the beginning, we had this concept. I think this is, I think this is a, one of the cooler aspects of this. I mean, all of it's cool, but this is one of the things that kind of set us apart is that we wanted to run a tournament where it felt like you were part of the team, so it's axes versus allies, so you have some, you know, you're cheering for your opponent, you're for your teammates as much as you're cheering for yourself. So, And I feel like that sometimes gets lost in a tournament where you're just getting assigned to a table, and you're kind of heads down, and you're basically just trying to accomplish your own task, right? So the the first thing that we're doing that's a little different in our setting is that you're going to meet with your 12-man side, and you guys are going to help each other decide where you are going to play. So you, we're not assigning you tables, but we're going to let you guys pick a zone and or the objective tables, which we can get to in a little bit here, um, and try and help set your side's victory on that in that round. And I think that's a really... It's probably different than most. It's kind of almost like uh, ETC is for lots of other game systems but mm-hmm. it's what we're it's what we're shooting for you won't get to know your opponents yeah you will. who your opponent is but you're gonna i think i think we like, should we should let that actually happen just let the yeah. matchups happen organically so one team right right so the it and if the if you want to i guess we haven't maybe hammered this out quite exactly how it's going to work but i like the idea of of letting them maybe even know who the opponent is at that table and then plan because if, you know, we're going to release the players and their teams and then you can plan along with the scenarios, you can plan what kind of army list you want to build to perform on, you know, specific tables and specific scenarios and kind of, you know, kind of maybe tilt the the odds in your favor a little bit or, you know, but you have to alternate. So, for example, if the Axis wins a roll and, and they put down the first matchup and it's John Stentz and 
his you know partisans or Americans or Brits, then the axes can sit there. They okay, who, who's going to play against John this time? And then they can kind of. <laughs> plan that out a little bit and then once they set that matchup then the axis will have to put their player out there all right so you know in this round it's it's going to be sean with his romanians and then the allies are going to kind of get together and go all right so what are we going to do you know to kind of counter that pick sure and i like that idea but we don't necessarily have to do that we can just let them loose and <coughs> earned ability <coughs> what was that yeah, earned ability. <clears throat> earned ability. Yeah, that's that's part that's of it right. too. There's that's a lot right. of there's so. a lot of things that are going to go into this that make that will change how things go during the during the event. But overall, the idea is that as a team, you guys are helping decide who's fighting who, and where they're fighting. And I think that's a good segue into the next part, which is the objective tables, which are a little bit different. So we'll have three zones. Correct me if I'm wrong. Three zones. That is yep. correct. Plus, what to do? You have the what do we call the zones? Tables. You have objective tables, and then we have what we're calling zone A and zone B, which is the other, okay, so the other okay, eight tables. Right. Okay. And are are they themed like we've got like urban, or did we did that get pushed no, a little bit? No, they kind of got pushed out because I think okay. we, we, we just, changed just that to only. having tables with terrain on them. Ah, very good. <laughs> versus versus us outskirts having like six versus versus urban. tables, we decided that maybe but that we, wasn't. But we do have them grouped, and, and the reason we grouped them is because. You know, depending between the four tables and the extra, the points value between the access and allies on these on these zones will have an impact on those zones in further rounds. So that's why we have them split as zones. But the big thing about the objective tables is every player in the tournament can only play on one of these tables once. So you yep. really have to decide when's a good time to put someone on that table. Yep. Yep, three rounds, uh, three zones. So the players will only be able to play in each zone a single time. Well, we're not going to we're not going to say that they have to be in zone A or zone B because uh, Jeff had pointed out that's going to end up you're going to end up having three people. Some people end up facing each other two, three times because they're yeah, you're going to have these weird pods. jumping zone to zone. But we're just yeah. well, if you're careful, you can avoid that. So, but actually, if zone A and zone if the two zones, non-objective zones, are malleable enough, then absolutely that makes yeah. sense. So, but the important thing, and I don't think Pat had mentioned this yet about the objective tables, is that those tables are have direct impacts in the game in later rounds, as far as to what happens. And I don't, I don't know how far we're going to go down that rabbit hole or divulge like how much we're going to say about it. But like, well, they, you get to play on an objective board once, and they have a direct impact and help your side more so than a zone will. And it's, they got cool effects. Let's put it that way. It's well, be let's fun. let's open it up to Jeff. Jeff, um, how far do you feel we should go down the rabbit hole at this point, or should we at all? I would uh, I would run the edge at rim of the rabbit hole and not go into the hole. A little rim job. We'll talk about the, the scenarios that play on those objectives, and mm-hmm. we will maybe. Elude. Strongly hint at. We will, okay. Yeah. Well, then before that, so if if um, if a player wins um, an objective table in round one, whatever it is, the benefit. Um, when does the benefit help? Is it in round, round two? In the yes, next in round. Round two. Yep. So so those players on round during round three, how there's no round four. So what happens there? Uh, round three is you earn extra points for your side. Okay. Yeah, yeah you'll earn right. extra 
extra points for your side, not battle points for your overall score, but extra points for the Axis or ally. Your for your team. For the, okay. and, for the, the and the special, I'm going to call them special abilities, power-ups, whatever you want to call them, that you win for your side on the objective tables will affect your whole side. So the entire team. Yeah. The entire well, play space. You're, you're either the Axis or the Allies, depending on what one player, Axis or Allies player, won that game, will earn an ability that will help the entire team. Okay. Are the abilities right. themed off the objective boards Highly that they're themed. played on? Right. Highly so, themed. So maybe we don't have to talk about what the objectives are, but if we can say what the themes of the objective tables Absolutely. are. Absolutely. That... Okay, And you cool. can infer heavily from what the theme of the <laughs> board can. is. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Uh, so... And so the zones, I think, did we, who wants to talk about the zones? Because I feel like there was something about the zones that we were working on, too, that may have some benefit if you win the whole zone. Yes, I, I did kind of touch on that briefly. But uh, So we've got the two different zones, and depending on how the Axis and Allies fare in those zones in particular, we'll infer a penalty and bonus to those zones, the same zones, in the next two rounds. So zone A, what happens in zone A stays in zone A. Yeah, exactly. And okay. then the objective wards can affect zone A or zone B. As we'll go and or. How about can affect and or zone A or B. So Wait, and or? There's one and or. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, what, the, the, the Ewoks are not a part of this. Uh, that's not till January. <laughs> and that's a moon of Endor, not actually Endor. Come on. Oh, yes. Fair enough. Well, fair point, fair point. Depends on which movie you're watching. Yeah, I'm spending too I'm much time with you guys. Because I'm talking Battle for Endor. Which is a very nerdy movie, or oh and so. yeah, so we're obviously giving you a lot of information about this. We're still working through it. I think that's uh, hopefully by the time we record this, we'll have the finished. We'll have the finished pack, and we'll be able to release it as much as and show you as much as we can too. So, um, fair to note, we are of course still holding back something for day of, just because right. Otherwise, okay. it would be no fun we're those if we kind told of people. you the whole story. Because we're those kind of people, yeah. Yes. <laughs> It'll be a um, surprise. I have as to as it is, we're those guys anyway, because we're like, hey, no, you can't have more than 12 dice. Surprise, uh, motherfucker. can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's probably cursing at us as it is. Well, it is what it is. It's going to be fun. It'll For those well, who show up, we want I, the games I, to finish, so. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Well, and... You know what? We got to be different than everyone else, and this will this will keep some of that power creep out, maybe. Hopefully. And where else are you going to be able to blow Pershing off the board? So right, right, exactly. With your with your tiger, two, maybe. If or I your piat. Or your piat. Yeah, Piat's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> not probably not going to. You get really gonna... close in the backside. Well, it wouldn't be a piat if it was a Pershing. It would be right, a Panzer Faust or something. Yeah, it'd be a it'd be a Panzer Shrek, and that actually maybe could do it. They have a better chance. They have a better chance. They could do it from further away too. Anyway, all right. So let's get that. into round one scenarios. Let's let's start talking about some of these things. Did um, we? Sorry. Do we want to? Have we touched on? I think we mentioned before just the general rules that apply to all the scenarios. I know obviously we've touched about the order dice limit. Sure. Um, oh yeah. Let's. Yeah. The the. Sorry, uh, I didn't. I didn't throw that in the agenda for you. I just. It just happened to be on the top of my stack of papers here. Right. So we're talking the twelve order dice. We're talking uh, how deployment happens. That every every game is only 
six rounds or every game is six rounds period there's no extra dice or extra rounds possibility correct correct um in most in we'll say 99 percent of the cases sure 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 most of the time there will only be six rounds there's a case Um, that it cannot be uh and also you know we will have object objective markers in this yep and we're bringing those though Yes. Yeah, I don't need to bring so, them. Don't need to bring them. And I think we've got all ours kind of themed to our boards that we have, too. So, objective markers will be placed, and they are not to be moved during any point during any point in the game for any reason. So, Yeah, don't, don't do it like that's I important. We'll make we'll, we'll nail them to the table. So <laughs> yes, you if, you, if you refer to the bug eater special, <laughs> <laughs> where Dale toted his objective. But I was like, this is mine. Board. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean I don't get to keep it? Uh, and to hold an objective, you must have one of your infantry or artillery units or transport that has one within three inches of the, the center of the objective. Which is standard. There can be, Yep, there can be no enemy unit of any type within three inches of it. Um, you can only measure at the end of game rounds, so no measuring on the fly. Uh, and units that have the small rule cannot hold objectives. They can, however, contest it. Small teams small cannot teams hold. Can't small teams. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Can't claim yes. it with a small team. Which I think is diff- That's one of the only few things I think we changed comparative to. And that's important because of a specific scenario. So. Yep. Yes. We, it, it does make a difference, and I think that is. A, I think that's a good way of doing it anyway. Like your sniper can't set up on an objective and just hold it the whole game. That's kind of silly. But so okay. So that's that's the that, and I believe the deployment was we were going every other, not drawing dice, correct? Yes. So determine determine so, what you have in reserve, and then whoever won the roll will deploy their first unit first, and then you will alternate until you have all units that are starting on the table on the table. Yeah. Yep. Which will just speed things up as far as like how deployments go, yep. which I think is ideal. So. Right. We want everybody playing as much as possible. And I think we are, I think uh, we might be on the fence in this one, but I think we're allowing units to use the hidden setup rule. Say so what? Right? Like they can be in they can be they in can hiding? be deployed in, in hidden setup. Yes, if they are deployed at the beginning of the game. So bring your hidden markers. Yep. Is that are we doing that in every scenario, or are we doing that only in certain scenarios? Uh, apparently, I put it on the front page, so we can we can we can maybe tweak that around a little yeah, maybe bit. We, right maybe now. we discuss that a little bit because I don't know if that's always going to be great, but yeah, okay. So there's there's possibility of hidden shenanigans in there as well. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, Not set in stone yet. Observers, snipers, spotters cannot be deployed within six inches of any objective marker or within twelve inches of an enemy unit. Those sure. are your advanced deployers, right? Yep. yep. And I think that's all the special rules that I remember talking about uh, that you'll get to know about before the tournament. Yep. And then, you know, we've just got the, the, the pointing cost, or the, the point awards for victories and draws sure. and whatnot. Yep. But those and will then, all be on your tournament packets, and all you need to know is that we do have the the major, minor, win-loss, draw scale system. So, Correct. And that the tournament is 1,250 points at single platoon for those that are playing in it that don't remember that. No theater so selectors. No theater selectors. Generics. Generics. Generic platoon. Generic. Yeah, gener- generic reinforced platoon. So, uh, French have to use early war. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so does awesome. Poland. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 
they don't have a they don't I don't really don't have a late war selector anyway. Anyway. France does. France does. Yeah. Isn't that just the Americans? Battle no, of the Bulge. man, it's Battle of the Bulge book. Battle of the Bulge book, you're right. That is the generic late war French selector. Yep. So you're you're essentially playing Americans, but that's there's, okay. there's there's some tweaks to it to make it sure give you a little flavor. Off. Yeah, you shut your freedom fry mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to open it again because now we're going to go into round one scenarios. Uh, so we have I see four things broken out here. So maybe those are the objective about. tables. I believe. Oh, the first three are the objective tables. So yep. why don't we go through these and everyone be careful what you say because. I'm not going to say anything. I know, I think but we I don't should, want to have to edit this. So let's throw this to Jeff, and no, he can kind going. of give us the... Um, these are his These are his babies, so... Yeah, fair. All right. So, Jeff, tell us about Battle for the Bridge. All right, so... Um, <laughs> Battle for the Bridge is going to be controlling a strategic bridge across the canal in the area we will be fighting for. And... Uh, you know, the first game is going to be a pretty basic. Both sides are rushing to secure this bridge. Uh, and the side that secures it will probably make it easier for reinforcements to arrive later in the battle since they're not building their own bridge somewhere else. Intent, wink, wink. Okay. Yes. This is one of the objective tables, right? This is an objective table, and it will have the beautifully stylized, painted Pegasus Bridge Kit from uh, Pat. Well done, Pat. Which will, will dominate the table. It, it it pretty much will be the table. It will be most of the table. It is the brute squad. It is the brute squad. All right. So it, then, so this uh, this scenario is is very similar to key positions, uh, yeah. in that there is there is three points along the bridge that will be some very obvious objectives that are important, and you have to hold uh, more objectives than your opponent to win this one. Uh, there will be no outflanking in the scenario because. Dealing your outflanking option be into a river, which isn't going to work out. Um, nothing starts on the table. Both sides have to come in in the, in, in the first wave. So nothing starts on the table for this guy. The the race to the bridge. At least in the, the first round. Yep. So. At least in the first round. Yes. Right. That again could change in later rounds. Mohaha. Yeah. So do we want to do we want to stick on the table and talk about what happens on this table in subsequent rounds, or do we nope. want to do all round one? Okay. All round one, because sure. conditions may change upon the battlefield. Sure. All right. And and there is there is a you know we mentioned the victory condition, and we need to have a decided victor on this. So there is tiebreaker scenarios. So that is someone's winning. Someone There's no ties on, on the on the objective board. Period. Someone yeah. will win. Unless someone's wearing a necktie. Right. So keep track of your destroyed enemies because there's your there's your uh, there's your tiebreaker. So keep track of those order dice you destroy. Yep. Sure. And then in, and in lumped in with that one was acquire the artillery. <clears throat> that's just so, table. Yeah, that's the table I'm putting together. So uh, it, it turns out that uh, the Allies were testing a new artillery fire direction control system in this region. But unfortunately, uh, an errant bomber string of B-17s who paid for it by crashing into the ground uh, dropped bombs way too close to this position, and all the gun crews ran away. But they didn't tell anybody they ran away. So if your forces can secure this fire direction control center, you may be able to direct or misdirect artillery. Wahaha. I like Wah-ha-ha. it. Wahaha. 
<laughs> and this one, again, it's a, similar to a key positions. There's going to be three areas on the table that you are going to want to secure with your, with your forces. And this one also, too, is running the same scenario as Battle for Ridge. Don't let any ties happen. There are tiebreaker scenarios in place. Someone will win. Right now. Okay. The, the next one on the list is Town Hall, which is another objective board. <clears throat> Town Hall originally, uh, well, first off, Town Hall represents the government center of the, uh, of the area that we will be having this battle in. Uh, originally, this scenario was for people that didn't want the pressure of playing for a scenario, but screw those guys. Everyone has to contribute to this fight. Everyone's <laughs> so. <laughs> there Let's are, just, there are no, no sitting on your hands at this tournament. Today. That's right. Was yeah. that? There's no non-combatants in this. Everybody counts. Everybody fights. Everybody fights. Nobody quits. So nobody quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you myself. <clears throat> um, sorry, a little Starship Troopers humor there for you. I was gonna say this is this is only uh, a plastic miniatures game, so let's not shoot anyone, Jeff. I'll shoot your miniatures. Sure, fine. You can shoot my miniatures. That's yeah, that's what I'm Just talking. get a rubber band gun. Just tell them pew pew. Pew 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 pew, yeah, okay. pew 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 pew. Anyway, so the town hall, uh, obviously as the government center of this region, provides a significant rally point and morale boost to whichever side holds it. And for instance, if the other side were to capture it and say raise an oversized flag above it, it might affect the morale of your own side severely. I think it would actually affect my morale. Do you realize how tough it is to try and find a, a German World War II flag? Just yeah, about like, a miniature one. Yeah. And, and then when you're trying to do it at work and your boss walks by and all of a sudden all these swastika flags pop up, <laughs> it gets a little tough to quick explain. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm cool, man. I was just, never mind. Especially, especially given the current, uh, what's the environments that we're in right now? Yeah, the yeah. current yeah. world scenarios. Yeah. Just yeah. even yeah. U.S. scenarios. For kind of like, <laughs> yeah. You don't just shop for swastikas all the time? What the hell? I'm just joking. just in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're looking Lord. at your search history now, buddy. Uh, maybe we'll be going with an iron cross if we can find one instead. Yeah. Say hi to the FBI for me. Those were just, right, just exactly. Yeah. Uh, I didn't click on any any of the ads that wanted me to join the Fourth Reich. So, <laughs> Jesus. Wait, you got you have links on your site on your page though that were telling you this to join the Fourth Reich. Though. No, I was just making uh, a flipper yeah, comment. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so we're ra- we have a town town center, and we're raising a flag, making everyone happy. And I, I do believe that is Dale's board, and from what I've seen so far, it is quite gorgeous. So far, I'm well, impressed. hopefully it turns out it turns out well. So okay. it's it'll be a destroyed city. So imagine Berlin, you know, because I'm sure the Germans didn't feel good when when the Russians came in and occupied. So yeah, I think that's an understatement. Yeah. Right. Bad times. All right. The next one is the partisan board. Well, we didn't even talk about what the scenario was in that board. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about that. Isn't that kind of what we want to do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I want to know this too, so I can change I my board. I can't for remember you the scenario in that board, so it does, that doesn't help me. Okay, anyway. so there's so there's the town hall, which is in the center of the board, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this uh, for the first for round one, no one's allowed to start on the board. Wait, no, sorry. Uh, so there's. Uh, there, Roll for sides. Whoever rolls uh, declares half. Round it down. Yep, usual. Uh, so everyone, so you get to deploy, but you can't deploy within 12 inches or within 18 inches of the town hall. 
So whatever side you're on, just kind of kind of just gives you a little awkward deployment zone because you can't be within uh, 18 inches or 12 inches of the center line. And in turn one, we've got that limited visibility thing to 24 inches. So, and the only thing that has to happen is by the end, uh, I believe at the end of round six, do we call it? Sounds end of round right. six or later. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. You have to have at least one infantry team or unit occupying the town building and maintain exclusive uncontested control. So no enemy units. In the building. In the building. So okay. if you got all those people up on the third floor, you don't let anyone in on the first floor. So you know. There are three floors to this building. There you go. See. So. so key is to hold the hold. If you hold the bottom floor, they can't drop people into the top. So. It's going to be a bloody battle three games in a row. However, I I think we'll make a special exception if someone builds a German glider model and throws it from 10 feet away from the table and lands it on top of the building, they can deploy an infantry unit up there. Otherwise they lose. Otherwise they lose the guys. If they go off the board, that unit's just lost. (laughs) How about any glider, not just a German one? Sure, yeah, but it, but it's got to be an actual model. It can't be like a paper airplane. you got to build it and be willing I'm gonna, to destroy it. I'm going to one-up you, Jeff. It has to fit all of the guys in the unit inside it somehow. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, that's <laughs> right. true. Yeah. That's you have to be able to put all ten guys in. Yep. I don't know that I want somebody lobbing a big chunk of something at my, we'll, my board. We'll set up after. a fake um, scenario where it they must actually be made out of concrete. Yeah, Dale's kind of protective. He might stand there and King Kong and swat your glider away. So Yeah, there may be some yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah, around that table, just saying. Not as fun as it was. The key note on this one is that, you know, this is the one that can go past, past six rounds because it's really important. And if time is called, there there is a secondary tiebreaker scenario to that because, this again, we, we, we can't have a tie in this one. So somebody's We don't believe win. in ties here. Yep. There are no draws. So and we, we have all we have all the flags of the armies that are participating. So unless someone sneaks someone in last minute, we will actually be able to put the army's proper flag up there to you know say hey I did that or yeah I let that guy do that to me whichever the case may be. Yeah, a little visual which, reward. Yeah, which is, in most cases is fine, other than that there might be a couple that are like modern versions of the flag or whatever. But uh, no. Well, the no. only one, the, the German flag is the, the actual national German flag, not the not the army sure. flag that was okay. run the, in the Iron Cross or anything. So That's the, what is it, the black, orange, and red one? Is that yep. what it is? Yeah. Yep. Does it have a crest on it, or is it just solid? Just solid. Okay. Might be I think the German players will understand. Yeah, I think the, the idea is that you've given some visual cue to, as to who won it the previous round, and I think that's the important thing. Yep. yep. All right. It may make uh, all the rest of your troopies feel kind of excited about that. I'd be your whole side should be excited about that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, totally awesome. Yeah. So then, all right. So now, not jumping the gun anymore. The partisan board. <laughs> uh, the partisan board's one of mine, and basically, this scenario: um, your underground resistance contacts in the area have some critical information about where the enemy may or may not be moving their forces to. However, there's a traitor in their midst, so you need to get in and find your partisan friends and acquire this information before the traitors murder your friends in the, in the resistance. And unfortunately, they, they don't really feel like they're getting out of this alive, so they may bring bombs with them. 
So you need to be extremely careful in searching the three buildings that will be on this board to find the correct information. So this table is going to set up with, uh, with three objective buildings on the table and you're going to get the uh, kitty corner deployment on this one. Uh, and you will need to secure uh, the buildings containing the partisans to get the information. And if you hold it at the end of each round, you score a point. However, potentially. there's potentially, because there is a chance those traders have made it to that building as well, and they will wreak havoc upon anyone who is occupying that building, to the point of possibly killing the partisan and your troops. And thereby taking that building out of the game. I don't recommend putting all your eggs in one basket here. It's not so bad. Like we did it in the demo, in the trial game, and you know it worked out great to the last round. Right. <laughs> so speed will the, be the key to being successful. That's mostly because here. my eggs couldn't get to the other baskets. <laughs> that is a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> yes, it is, like, like Jeff said, speed is, is the essence. There's a triangle deployment, uh, three foot by 24 foot, and your reserves are also coming in there. Uh, we've nixed the outflankers, I believe, Jeff. Correct. Right? Yep, so, no outflanking on this one. So it's it yeah it's a it's a speed build you got to get there fast and you got to get there early and you have yeah. to stay there and not one unit being quick you need more than one I would recommend two as a minimum three different buildings so yep and this this is again another one that if it comes down to there is tiebreaker scenarios we we want to avoid ties yeah there are no ties especially on the objective boards yep okay. All what, right. So, what, what what good is having all that information, Jeff? If you had more information than the other side, yeah. What what good does it do you? Yeah. Well, it, it gives you hints and tips about where the enemy is going to be deploying certain factions in the future. Their battle plan that's has a, been revealed. That's right. It's a strategic advantage. Very wow. very strategic advantage. Sure. Yeah. Possibly in the right hands, one of the best advantages you can earn. Yeah. Yes. No, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be uh, it'll be. It's it's worth all. Actually, all of these objectives are worth trying to control. So I think it's obviously everyone should fight to win them anyway. Why would you not? But there's a balance to be struck, with. though. Yeah, Once you learn what the yeah what the bonuses are, and also keep in mind that um, in the last round you're securing double double points for your team as well. Bonus points. towards ultimate victory. So yep, right. Yeah. So and then. So that's four of the tables. The other eight tables that we'll have there are all going to play the same scenario, and it's a single scenario for those eight tables, correct? That is correct. Yes. So those four are going to be playing their individual scenarios, and those scenarios, while they'll change over the course of the three rounds based on who's winning and what they've done, these will change every round. So the, all of the zones will play a different scenario every round. Yes. All right. Basically, think of it, you know, around these four really key objectives, the, the regular battle will still be raging, right? But these are the four, four of the key points in this giant Axis versus Ally fight. Right, and, and, and controlling the zones of each thing has its own payoff and penalty as well. Yes, yep. You still right. want to gain territory, even if you're not on one of these specific objective boards, you still want to be winning and gain these territories for your side. We're not saying the objectives are the most important, but you can only play on one once. So yes. when you do, it's probably the most important. Make it count. Make it count. Make it count. Yeah. So what is the zone scenario for round one? Uh, this is a modified version of sectors. 
So I think Jeff came up with this, and I put some numbers to it. So basically, instead of having the four sectors that, that the game usually has, we went with nine. So you got nine. We got three. Nine. Nine. We got three across and then three three both directions. So there's a total of nine actual sectors on the table. Sure. And you'll pick, you know, the winner will pick his table side and we'll pick two adjacent sectors. So he's you're setting up he's setting up a two thirds of his third of the table, if that came out. That makes right. total sense, yeah. Okay. <laughs> makes enough sense. It'll make and more then, sense in the packet too. So yes. we're gonna draw a pretty picture so you can get an idea. Uh, at least pictures. I don't know if they'll be pretty, but we'll, we'll get there. They may be cat-assisted. Cat right. Yeah, they look pretty good. I think they look great. My yeah. printer did use a little uh, adjustment. I'm doing straight lines, but that's something different. <laughs> uh, must have had a glass of vodka spilt on it or something. Oh, God, that happens. Yeah. So this is another one where we're starting on the table. Uh, there is no outflanking on this, and there is a chance for... Uh, Preparatory bombardment could happen. Yep. So on a roll, this is for scenario one. So on a, a roll of two plus, we, and I know Rick just just grinding his teeth right now because he hates this so bad. And just a little bit, but it's okay. Oh, each player rolls, and if they if they get a two plus, they get their barrage. If one of the players gets a one, they don't get one. But well, it's life. I'm not a fan either. Yeah. I'm not playing, so yeah, I guess I don't care. But I don't like that one. But whatever, it, it is what it is. It, you know, there's there's several scenarios in the base book that this is a, a valid thing. So. Yeah, and it seems to screw me every time. So that's why I said you. We don't have to agree on all of these either. No, so no, it's no, totally I'm, fine. Well, hey, I'm not I'm not writing all the scenarios, so I I can only give you input. I and it's not my decision, so I'm I'm cool. So, it's fine. Uh, you you score points based on where you end at the end of turn six. If you're still on your third of the table, you're getting a point. If you're in the neutral zone, in the middle of the third of the table, you're getting two those, points. Those are worth two points, yep. And then Each if you're sector on, in that middle zone, correct? Correct. Yep, if so you're you on your opponent's score a total of six in the middle. third of the table, you're getting three points. So yep. is it um, controlling the sector that yes. scores you the points, or yes. is it having an order dice in the sector at the end? It's controlling the sector in okay. two points, All right. and there are bonus points if you move off your opponent's deployment zone. But, of course, you can't claim that sector then if you don't have a second unit in there. Okay. Yep. So that's the choice you're going to have to make, if that's worth it to you or not. And this, and this scenario is played in both zones A and B? Correct. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a controlling as much territory as possible scenario. All right, so it's, it's to set the stage for the next rounds. Yep. Gaining ground, yeah. All right, well, that's round one then. So then round two objective tables, we've kind of alluded to this already, is basically how the first game ends is essentially how the second game starts, correct? Right, so whoever... You know, whoever controlled it last game is instead of having to come on in the first wave, will be starting up in those defensive positions with some of their armies. Yep. Uh, similar to what is that? Hold until relieved. Yeah. So you get the, you get like a unit within six inches of each objective and the rest of your deployment and. You know. Yep. And because we like to make you earn it, it may be more difficult to hold these positions than it is to attack them. Just maybe possibly. Yeah. 
Interesting. So it could potentially be a valid strategy to have a defensive build coming into the tournament in hopes that you'll actually be defending an objective board that had previously been won. You got it. Oh, okay. Yep, that's a very real possibility. So, and that is true for the the bridge and the artillery board. Uh, the town hall is also true, except for the town hall has the confused uh, re- the confused fight where you can bring your reinforcements in from any side, basically. Yep. Yep. Uh, but you can't come in from the same same side that an enemy just came in, I believe. So it's it's straight out of the, right out of the the rule book as far as for confused fights. So that's thrown in there. I don't believe... I think that's only the Town Hall that has that particular addendum to it. Yep. And then the Partisans is the same scenario each time. Yeah, Partisans is always the same because you are tracking down yet more members of the Resistance. So that one, you, there's, there, you're, you're both always attacking in that one, if you want to call it that. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds legit. Yep. Okay. And then so does the do the bonus the bonus the special objectives, the special reward, they do not change, do they? No. Right. The rewards yeah. don't. But which side gets them obviously will depend on who won. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And and what and how they choose to utilize them is also yes. an important decision. And you may see after the first, you know, going into round two when they see what those bonuses are, and you're like, oh my god, we need to take this the next game. This game, we got to win. Or we got to win this. We absolutely have to hold this because we don't want this to happen to us or whatever. Yep. Yeah, I, yes. I think that's an important thing. Yep. You will very much want to win these objective boards every round. That's to say you don't want to win all your zone boards, but... Yeah, no, they're they're. That's to say that anyone throws a game because they don't want to win it. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like that. As I sit down, like, hey, how can I best screw myself out of winning this game? Just use your just use your snafu dice. There you go. That'll do it. Actually, I I think if you just try to roll your order dice instead of actual dice when you're making, you know, I think you do okay. You're definitely going to want to bring your A game for the for those tables because I think they're going to play a role. Like you're going to. You're gonna you're gonna help your team, and your team is gonna love you for it if you can secure any of these tables. And if they don't, you, you might. Well, no, we're probably not gonna have a barracks sock soap sock incident, but <laughs> code red. No. Yeah, yeah, no code reds. There'll be no code reds. <laughs> Unless it's Mountain Dew, I guess. If you want to buy a Mountain Dew, go for it. <laughs> But anyway. That's it. We got we got to have that as one of the prizes in there somewhere. Oh lord! Pack of code red. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's not tournament breaking or anything like that. No, you no, know, no, 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 no. They're cool no. things. Um, I mean, we don't want to put a lot of pressure on any of the players. It, so no, there's I, I pressure. It, it, it adds it adds to the narrative that Jeff is trying to, to to develop through it, and that's why it's there. And if it it is what it is. There'll be people right. who thought it was really cool. There'll be people like this, the stupidest thing. This is supposed to be a tournament. I'm just competing for a chance to get into Adepticon and play in the Nationals there, and they're throwing this garbage at me. So, Yeah, we it's it's very, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's we wanted to emphasize, the, yeah, the team a and a narrative and a story. And at the end of it, what we're hoping is that because of the different kinds of forces and the different kinds of battles and the play, the team play, is that everyone will come away with this really cool story about 
how how something they did made this bigger impact. So that that is, or they were so close, or whatever. They're, that that is ultimately the hope, right, for everyone is that there are yeah. stories being told about this later, about how this happened, or whatever. And I think we'll get into this in a little bit later about why that actually is a, a part of the overall event, and it, it, it plays a role in some other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's go over round two zone tables. So anything that's not objective table in round two, what scenario are they likely to play? This is one that Jeff kind of came up with. So why don't you go ahead and run through that one, Jeff? Oh yeah, this one. I love this one. Oh man, you guys are mean. I wasn't even going to tell anybody what this one was. <laughs> oh, you were well, No, no, no. We don't have to tell them what it is. Then that's fine. Yeah, yeah I was going sp- to spring objective. this on people. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I think you can just give a give a light version of it. Well, how much springing can we do if it's going to be in the tournament pack? Uh, it's like a good, mighty good point, it, Jeff. It? We can, we can, we can redact it. We can. We can straight up. Here, your scenario two is. We can we can mark we can black mark out like all kinds of stuff. That might be interesting. Yeah, if you could do this up like um, uh, a World War Two dossier, you know, file. Sure, that'd be really cool, right? I I mean, that was my Uh, intention. Scenario two is Lee objectives. Three objectives will be placed by the TO along the center of the table. Both players will all die. Wait, 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 wait. Are we going to redact all this? Well, yeah, but you can leave that stuff in. It's, it's in the front page of the rule packet anyway. So you can leave them some stuff in there. So there's three objectives, and then I'm just going to beep out the rest of this. There are three objectives. Beep. Both players roll a die. <laughs> beep. Beep. This just keeps going. Uh, 107, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that's you it. watch that snafu cartoon where they like the guy keeps censoring all his stuff that's what's going to happen here yeah if you haven't watched the private snafu for censoring that one is a great episode <laughs> it's pretty awesome because <laughs> isn't it like his uh, he's trying to write a letter called? to his girlfriend and like the censor guy keeps getting his letter every time and he tries all these weird ways to sneak it through and like the censor guy keeps getting it and he's like nope and he's like cutting out all, like every other word yeah, and at one point doesn't his aunt, doesn't he have a pet that gets it too? Yep. Like he has a parrot or something, and then he gets through. Finally, gets through, and then his girlfriend tells everyone where it was going to be, and then they show up and get blown off the table. Yep. Or blown out of their boat, or whatever. It's if you haven't gone, do very sidetracking here. But if if you haven't watched the thing that basically created the name of our show, or at least gives us the opening soundtrack. It's called Private Snafu. It's on YouTube. It's hilarious. It's like old propaganda, like boot camp films that are awesome. Hilarious. All right. So we're not going to say anything more about round two other than that it is objective-based. You must capture objectives. Um, and you may have to do it multiple times. I never game. said capture. You've already said too much. Oh. I never said capture. I just said there are three objectives. Well, what would you do with an objective if you're not capturing it? I don't Maybe know. you're blowing it up. Leave it to their sure, imagination. We've already okay, alluded to the fact that they can't too. pick it up. Right. Fair enough. All right. Damn, well, I only know they can't pick up the objectives and walk off with them. Shoot. Should I, should I make some objective pieces for my second board? If you're one in the zone table, yes. You're going right. to need them. Think, uh, good to know. Three of, Thanks. Three of them. Uh, three of them, 25 millimeter, if you can handle it. I think I can manage that. All right. What's um, what's round three? Oh, you want to tell them about that one? Well, round three, um, I can't really, I can't, I can give you two ideas. 
right. here's our How big allude. We're not going to tell you anything. Yeah, we're not going to tell you specifically. Here's the deal: <laughs> um, if it's a if it's a real back and forth kind of situation where one side won overwhelming the first round and one side won overwhelming the second round, you can probably expect that you're just going to try and kick the hell out of each other in that third round or maybe try to get around behind people. We don't really know what's going to happen there because it's kind of a confused battle. Well, However, we do, you don't. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. But if one side's just steamrolling the other, I mean, you might want to just put your boot right on their neck and crush out their, you know, everything. So it's going to depend on how the tournament's going. We're going to have two different scenarios, possibly more. Mwahaha. Mwahaha. This will be the most heavily redacted because, you know, I might play French, but I'm no Nostradamus and I can't foresee how this tournament's going to go. Uh, I can. It's going to be fantastic. Well, right. Regardless of whether Axes or Allies are winning. Correct. It'll be fun. Yay, history. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, so that that gets us through all of the scenarios that we can speak of. We will <laughs> we'll be releasing a pack that has some of the information as much as we feel comfortable divulging without it, ruining the story. Apparently the pack is going to say Operation Snafu November 18th. And it's just going to be a bunch of black <laughs> lines. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Be heavily redacted for fun. No, we've got some stuff for page one, at least for now. Uh, we, you know, got list of players, list you know, of players on their teams. Um, sure, scenario. Maybe a, a, a possible schedule of the event. Maybe. We'll redact that lunchtime, though. Just let them know when they can go. <laughs> yeah, God. You must stay here until we're done. Two and a half hour rounds, right? Correct. Yep. All right, so twelve fifty, twelve order dice limits, two and a half rounds or hey, two and a half hour rounds. So be speaking quick. Of that, let me ask you guys this: How do you want to handle that time cap? Uh, I I know it's been, I've seen a couple different uh, run into some where it's like, okay, yep, that's your last order dice, don't pull anymore, or just like you know we're at the end of turn five, there's ten minutes, I don't think we're gonna get it in, let's not start the turn. Yeah, How do you think, think is we'll, the best way to handle that? Yeah. Typically, or I think the best way to handle it is basically go around 20 minutes before and say, don't start another round. Yep. Like, so we have two and a half hour rounds at about the 210 mark. We'll walk around and say, do not start another round. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people that... can, people are pretty good judges of whether or not they think they can get another round in. But if they're not completed with two and a half hours, they're likely not going to finish any more of it anyway. So. I don't like them starting mid-round, like have ending mid-round. Mid-order dice. When your opponent got six of his pulled first and your yeah. eight are still sitting right. in there. Right, and you just, yeah, and you blasted a bunch of stuff off and you didn't get to respond. That's that, Right, that so we'll try to stop well. you from starting your own then, but, like, if you're, you know, mid-round or, or even a third of your way into your round when it's that 20-minute mark there, we'll just tell you not to start another round probably, but right. we'll let you finish. Cause we'll we let you finish the round. Or if it's we an objective table and it looks really close, we will have everybody else gather around your table and watch you finish. Yeah, yes. no pressure there. Looking over your shoulder, cheering. Second-guessing everything you do. Yeah. Oh, God, oh, I would yeah. have done that. Yeah, yeah. Due, due to the nature of the, of the tournament, we're going to be okay with people walking around and... And kibitzing a little bit, not necessarily table talk, but you know, being there and watching the others play and maybe supporting and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, cheering, cheering your player, your fellow players on is highly encouraged. Yeah, telling them how to play their army is not encouraged. Yeah, right. what about, uh, what about having out, your but... kid run a message back and forth to one of the other allies? 
Um, uh, if you as long as we can way. intercept the message and yeah. redact some of it, I think that'd yeah, be okay. Is, it, is, he, is, he, is it a marked case? Because if it's not a marked case, he's a spy and he'll have to be shot. But <laughs> and with whipped cream, pew, pew. With cream in the face, pew pew. Or he's going to dress like a pigeon. Oh God, yeah, that'd be perfect. Or you could bring an actual carrier pigeon to run messages back and forth. I would be okay no, with that. Still shit on our stuff. No thanks. I don't think we carry a damage deposit back. Yeah. No. Right. We let a flying rat go in there. <laughs> we let a pigeon go. It didn't mean we got him back. Where's yeah. your sense of adventure? Come on, guys. Oh, I'm out. I'm out of that. I don't want any part of that. Pigeons are gross. <laughs> and not really all that smart either. You know they race pigeons in China. They. They race them? Yes. Sure. Yep. Well, they race all sorts of stuff. It's like there. hundreds of thousands of dollars that they'll pay for some of these pigeons. Oh, God, really? yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. Interesting. Like racehorses here for millionaires and billionaires, they, it's homing pigeons in China. They don't live nearly as long. And there's no way of really knowing that that pigeon that you actually just paid pigeons. hundreds of thousands of dollars for is actually any good. I mean, right, there's no pigeon pedigree. Streets in New York, like, hey, pigeon pedigree. Awesome. <laughs> so, anyways, no, yeah. no, um, no carrier pigeons. Sorry, no golden plump. No, yeah, let's. We'll we'll, we'll have we'll talk more about that. I'm sure because I think it's fun to have some inner inner team rivalry going on. But let's keep and in mind camaraderie. Yeah, no, both sides, yeah, right. right. But we're going to try and keep everyone's feelings in check here. Okay. Yeah, and I imagine that we'll try to set it up so that, you know, one of us will not be captains of each team, but we'll kind of be there to, hopefully to help facilitate getting, keeping things liaison. going. Yeah, liaison. Thank yeah, you. so if you do check out the, the schedule that's posted on the Renegade Open, you'll see that there's there's like some time allotted out before the start of each round for the Axis and the Allies to get together as a group and kind of figure out what they're going to do and say, hey, we're sending Stevie to the bridge table this round and, you know, get that figured out. Right. And so we'll have we'll have one of our snafu guys with you so that we can get that information back to and get the tables assigned as quickly as possible. So yep. basically you're going to pick... So you guys are going to assign whether you are... Whoever each person is going to be in either zone A or zone B, or they're going to be on an objective table, and you're going to tell us that, and we'll do the best we can to make sure that we don't get double up matchups for people. Yeah, we don't want anybody playing the same person. Same person twice. No. That's that's not cool in a three game tournament. So we we'll avoid no. that. And if it's unavoidable, we'll go. Hey, we had to bump this guy into zone A again. So whatever. We'll we'll do everything in our power to make sure that you don't play the same person twice. It's yeah. not a guarantee. Not a hundred percent guaranteed. But and we don't want you playing on the same table either, if we can avoid that. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, we're going to make every attempt to make this as awesome a tournament as we as everyone expects from from a tournament organizer. So, um, and I don't us. know are are we gonna are we gonna go through these awards? It's on the agenda. I don't. Are we actually gonna tell everyone what they are? I think it's. Well, yeah, they're pretty standard. I think. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> that's a good one. Pretty, pretty standard. standard. They're pretty standard. Well, I mean, we don't. I, you don't have to give. You know the, name the color the text or anything. Okay, all right. That's what I was. That's what I wanted to know. Is like, are we? I think that I think it's going to be more humorous and fun for everyone if we save the names. Let's go of these flavorful. Let's yeah, say flavorful. it'll be more flavorful. Right. When we, if, if we, we do save that out. for the actual day. They're out. themed. I like the theme. Yeah. No. No. Right. All right. So we'll start with the one that I think everyone knows about. Well, we which... it was alluded to in our in our first 
part of it part when of we're this. talking with John. Yep. The, the ahead, overall, Jack. the the overall who will have the most points accumulated uh, will get the golden dog tag, which will be provided by Warlord Games. Not day of, but your information will be given as he mentioned during his interview. You know, he'll send it to you with your little stamp, and then you are in the nationals. Um, if you don't know what that's all about, ask John Stentz. I think he can tell you how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's, I mean, it's, it gets you into the door at, at Adepticon, which yep. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's, I'm guessing based on the description, that's just a pretty sweet souvenir to have, too. So Sounds like it. Yeah, that is kind of cool. cool. It sounds pretty cool. rad. So, yeah, that's that's the overall winner. Next is, so these, this is what I was talking about earlier is why some of those objective boards might play a role in some later stuff, is that we're doing a player-voted allied veteran. It's not necessarily the best allied player, but it is one that uh, we've had, we've gone back and forth in this, and I don't know if we have it completely solid as to which side is going to vote for which side, but um, it'll, be a voted, it'll be a voted for award as far as allied and Axis players go. Correct. There's, I know, I know we've, we're still trying to finalize what that actually is and how it works. But I, essentially, it's like it's basically look at all the stuff and what you know, some pivotal moment or pivotal moment in the thing made this happen, which allowed us to do this. Which I think is totally what we're going for. Is it's like maybe one thing really made a difference, and I think that's pretty cool. So we'll see how that goes. And we, so we have that for both. Uh, so we have an allied veteran voted and an access veteran voted. One yeah. for each. And I, I know we've mentioned in a previous podcast that this is, yeah, it's player voted. And it's not because we don't like doing math and figuring out who has the most points and what. But it's because we don't like doing math and but figuring out. it's because out we don't like doing math and figuring that stuff out. So Well, and I think and the other part of it, and I think this is something we've talked about a bunch, is that we didn't necessarily want to just make it like any other tournament. And no, it's more the team sense. Yeah, you it, know, it did make it you're more You're all in together. You decide who really led your team, put you guys on the right track, and totally sabotaged you for, for your defeat or brought you to glory and victory. It's like, it's like it comes down to the end, and John Stentz, who in my opinion is, is the best bolt-action player um, in the region... Um, is, you know, he's on that objective table and somebody, Axis player, walks up and they have to play John. And if John wins, which is almost always likely, because he's that good, um, but somehow you pull out a draw or something, even though you might have just totally mailed in the rest of the tournament, that might gain a big vote because that swung the whole battle and it was a well, totally an unexpected outcome. Let's put it this way. Dino. Maybe something like that. You can't get a draw on an on objective table. <laughs> oh, okay. That might have been a bad. That might have been so a you'd bad have to example. Have actually beat John on an objective table. So, so which would be huge. That's you know, huge. It, yeah. You know what? It can be done. It, the The swings are just that crazy that it stuff yeah. happens. Right. In some of these team dice. matchups, the whole you know matching up wire, you know the 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 other team's best player. Not that that's going to be John, but it could be anybody. Um, you know, you always send up who's who's going to get crushed by that guy, and so you you know that's that's a loss. So we're going to try to stack our odds in other in other areas or something. But there's a lot of different dynamics in the whole team game. Yeah, 
And I think that's the ultimate goal of this, right? Is it's the story, it's how how that plays out, how everyone you know perceived performance versus just yeah. actual points. Yeah, you're not playing for yourself; you're playing for your team, which is right, kind of cool. Exactly. Yep. You may not have scored as many points in whatever game because you were helping your team instead of. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's an important aspect of this, and I think that's why those those awards are reflected in that, in a sense that is part of the story more so than it is just your overall score. I think it's cool. Um, and then we have a, a player voted painted painting award, and I think again this is because we don't want to do math, <laughs> or it was more it's more that we don't we don't feel that as as us can critique exactly what you did and paint if you painted to a checklist or not and then you come up and go well i have a highlight here you didn't get that you know what we're just doing one award anyway here you go just let 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 everyone decide who has yeah. the best one yeah player's well, choice painting painting is a very subjective rubric as far as scoring goes and we we early on we determined right away we are not going to incorporate painting scores into the tournament's results and that was why we decided that okay, so now we're just going to have a best painted or player's choice vote or player's choice award. And I think that ultimately that is, I think that's the more cool award to win anyway, because mm-hmm. it's all your peers that basically said, yeah, I really think your army is the coolest one here, mm-hmm. or it's the one that I would love to take home. I don't know. I mean, we can, you know, that's it depends on how you ask the question, but really ultimately it's basically your peers saying, I really liked your army, and I think that's the coolest award personally myself. Or it feels the best anyway. And most every winner has had a display board, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> it just helps. Saying. Also, it definitely helps. You know, if your display board has your name on it, too, it makes it easier to fall oh, forward. Oh, right? That's, yes. That, that yeah. definitely helps. Yeah. That's up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we haven't mentioned it. Um, we expect everyone to have painted armies, don't we? We do. That is, a, that is absolutely a guarantee. Wow, must holy oversight, huh? The yeah. legal department must be going nuts, Jeff. <laughs> We're not, we're not paying him enough. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, there's the answer. Sorry. You don't pay me enough to answer that question. Yes, the legal department's gone crazy. Um, they've, they've actually Three color minimum. Yes. Uh, and bases have to be colored, flocked, whatever, as well. They have to be finished in some fashion. Finished. There you go. That's what I was searching for. Not finish, but finished. Right. They right. have to have some kind of. So even the finished them, yeah. bases do have to be finished. Yes, yes unless you go with a clear plastic base thing that I saw an article on, and if you do that, fine, that's your base. Yeah, I, think yeah, okay I mean, I'm cool with that too. I'm but cool with it that. has to have not; it can't be like the gray warlord base just with your dude glued to it. Right. Put some work into it. I, I think, and we've said this many times in many other episodes. We love it when we go to a tournament and everyone's got awesome looking armies, and it just makes the story that much more important. And I think that's a real key component of this. This is a story-based thing. You've got to have your stuff put together and painted. Yep. Yeah, you do your best, and we promise that we'll do our best as well. So. Yep. Hopefully, uh, Jacob will have his camera back, and we'll come in and take some sweet pictures of all this painted stuff for us. That would be nice. That, yeah. I, I talked to him briefly at his last event, and he'll have his camera back, and he's hoping to swing by for sure for a couple hours and get some cool pictures. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. He's got a really, really, really nice camera, so all your nice Uh, painted details are going to show up. He's got more than one really nice camera. I think he's got several very nice cameras. (laughs) 
like he's a I think he's a, a I don't know if he's professional or he's I think he might be a professional uh, uh, star like what the hell am I looking what's the word I'm looking for astronomer astronomer no he's not an astronomer but he likes taking pictures of the stars and his the pictures I've seen are beautiful an astro fan he's, he's definitely not, not, he not likes the Houston his... Astros but <laughs> yeah that'd be a very different camera well, I know I know his, a lot of his uh, painting tutorials end up in the Warlord newsletter all the time. They do. And they're so he takes and those are definitely not stars that I'm seeing. He's taking pictures of those too. Yeah. So that's and that stuff is ridiculous. So Yeah. It's on a, another level. Yeah. Another couple of levels. I, I'm sad that he, unfortunately he was he had to back out from the tournament. Uh, because I was really I'm I'm sad that I didn't get to see his army. I wanted to see that army like done to his level is incredible. So Oh my god, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say this because there are several other people that have very well painted armies, but I do have a feeling you would have been a strong front runner for the best painted or uh, you know player's, player's choice. choice award, no doubt in my mind. So, yeah. and then of course, because we're in the Midwest and this is like you know this is our key award because we're all this is our jam, man. Basically Canadians. This yeah, is this, our jam. This is our jam. Is the the sport the sportsmanship award? which is a player-voted sportsmanship award. So it's. I think the way we were going to do it is you're going to vote for your best best opponent, correct? Yep. yep. And that, that's uh, going to... I also like the 3-2-1 ranking, too. It might be a 3-2-1 thing. It, it it, it's going to be some way for you to fill out basically saying these are... It's either a single or ranking your opponents. Yeah. It's not going to be a way for you to say everybody I played was the best chap ever. Right. Right. Yeah, you, you don't can't want just to, like... circle fives all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's... So... Or zeros, depending or on who you are. Right. <laughs> some some people are that way. Yep. Well, well I don't know. If, I mean, if, if Pat and Rick and I aren't playing, there shouldn't be any zeros. Just saying. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I. We'll see. There could always be somebody. I don't know. Someone could fill out one of us for the TOs and put zeros on there. I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's pretty... No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that past uh, some of the people in there. But, yeah, as a joke. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, save that for hope. the feedback forms that <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have, so we don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll have them. They're going to get filed immediately into my industrial size shredder. <laughs> it's like we don't care about people or something. This is amazing. All right. Just after well, we got done talking about sportsmanship, I love it. Right. <laughs> We are fully owning what we're doing in a sense that we think this is going to be awesome. And I guess what we're saying is that if we it isn't awesome, you'll just talk with your pocketbook next year. Well, let us know, and maybe we can fix it. We'll try and fix something. We're, you know what? At the end of the day, we're there's going to do a bunch of stuff. Anyway. There's going to be a bunch of stuff to give away. Everyone's going to have some cool, cool stuff to get. Um, so even if you just get to play three awesome rad games of bolt action and you think our scoring system is janky as hell and our awards are bogus, you're still getting to play three games of bolt action and you still have opportunities to win prizes in our Toys for Touch charity raffle. Which Plus we'll you, get to, you get to sleep soundly with the fact that you helped out the Toys for Tots charity. That's right. So I think everyone, most of our people are from the Midwest, and I don't know, I can't, I can't remember how, I think it's nationwide. So those unfamiliar with Toys for Tots, I think everyone might be, but we'll go through that anyway. Wait, unfamiliar or familiar? Cause, you know, was... Yeah, 
It's it's uh, the U.S. Marines put this on every year. It's to raise it's to raise to- or, or to gather toys for children that are uh, underprivileged and we can't get those toys. So it's a great way for families that are don't have the means to be able to give their kids pre- presents, which I think is an incredibly awesome awesome every thing. Every so. kid deserves to have a Christmas at present or Damn a present skippy. at Christmas. You know, yeah, that's wow. I used to didn't I didn't think much of this a couple of years ago, and then I had a kid. It's like wow, I could not even imagine you know having a kid and not being able to give them something at Christmas. That just that just breaks the heart a little bit. Yeah, totally. So. I think that is, uh, I've, I've done other Toys for Tots events that I think ultimately at the end of the day, I think is a perfect time of year for it. It's, you know, it's Christmas is just around the corner. It's just before Thanksgiving. So Toys for Tots is, is really in its, in it, it's gearing up at that point. So it's a perfect time to do this. And I think that's an awesome thing that the Renegade has put forth is that, you know, they ultimately think that this is the better reason to have an event it's not necessarily based, to get based on the time anything. of year that they're having it yes that's an absolutely yeah. perfect charity to have in that in the yeah. whole event thing so so and there are and there are multitudes of different ways each tournament organizer is doing it so some some of the other tournaments are giving away full armies uh so like they're going to have i think there's a 40k army i think there's an age of sigmar army mm-hmm. i know there's a war machine army and I believe, as as a person participating in any of the other stuff, I think if you guys wanted to go get any, enter any of those raffles, I think you can as well. Um, but we're doing it similarly in a sense, but we're not going to have an army. We have a whole bunch of prize support that Pat Pat has got reached out and grabbed, and I think that's a, a fantastic. We posted a picture on or Pat posted a picture on Facebook of Pat who who has sponsored it. us. So we've got some, uh, the actual prize support came from uh, The Source, which is a local gaming store here in Roseville. Uh, we all have been there at least once or twice. I actually get my paint, my paints and sculpting supplies from them all the time. I'm there at least every other week. Uh, we also had some stuff sent to us by Warlord Games. They sent us, and they're also doing some stuff in our swag bags as well. Uh, Zulk has, has included some of their kits and models. Uh, we've also had um, Dice of War has put some, and I'm missing somebody. Gamecraft Miniatures. Gamecraft Craft Miniatures is providing some gift certificates for our prize winners. Um, Osprey? Osprey. Osprey has gotten a collection of outstanding historical books. I'm looking at these covers and reading the jackets, and I'll still give them away. <laughs> they, they sound really cool. <laughs> They've got some... You know, Osprey is really good. They're they're in there for the history. They they produce the the bolt action uh, line of books themselves, and so we've got a lot of really great, a lot of really cool stuff in there. So all of the books will only be read once. When they get handed out, sure, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll, they'll you'll open the spine and you'll hear you'll hear that crease and crack as you're the first person to do it. So I'm not reading through those. I can I can read backs of books and catch the titles and then Google them and read some other reviews on it but yeah that's there's a lot of really cool books that and it was you know if if anyone's out there trying to set up one of these things and they're like good god how do i get surprise support how do you do it you know what I, I just thought of the people i the companies i'm usually buying stuff for i hit their little contact button i tell them who i am what we're doing send them an email and, and some of those companies get inundated with stuff and don't ever get back to you but it's kind of like fishing the more lines you throw in there the more bites you end up getting 
and you know we had these you know four or five companies that came back and a couple of them worked with back and forth and it was really nice and they just sent the stuff in and I'm really grateful for everything they did for us and you know they're they're up on the website for sponsorship we've Rick put together a flyer which should be out within the warlord newsletter and they're on there too so they're the ones that gave us the means to hand it out to you guys yep big time thanks to those guys yeah. that's mm-hmm. it's super awesome and that's to say that we may or may not have some other prizes to give away but this is what we've got so far so i think it's uh it's it's rad we've gotten we've gotten a lot of support from a lot of different people and i think that's really cool so uh, do we want to talk about how we're thinking about doing it? I think we've kind of said some stuff about it in previous episodes, but essentially we're going to we're gonna hopefully get people the prizes that they want versus just here's this random thing that nobody wants. Um, or, well, Great way to every, put it. <laughs> it's getting late. Well, hang on. We've got to have something for the guy who didn't win a game, right? We've got to find something for that. Sure. Uh, let's give him the Conflict 47 book. Well, who knows? He may actually want that. Don't let him take yeah, any Stop playing this. That. You need to play this army list with all this future tech and then come Maybe back. Maybe we'll be play. like, hey, next year you can just bring the Conflict 47 list to this a full deck. This is the wrong game for you. Why don't you try this one? <laughs> yeah, that's usually what it is. But, no, I want to encourage those people to keep playing. I Hopefully nobody hey, does I, that. But. I picked up a, co- a copy of Conflict 47. It's kind of interesting to read. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Pat. No. That's okay. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not as in, into the sci-fi stuff with this system but I think it's cool I just like collecting and reading different gaming books just to see their different take on stuff so leave that to Pat to always do yes fair enough Um, so essentially what the the end goal of this is basically to raise money for for charity so our our system is basically going to be for every five dollars you donate in cash or value in toy so if you bring a twenty five dollar toy we'll give you five raffle tickets as an example and we'll have essentially what we're calling lots so you know subsets of of product then you can throw your stuff in um you can throw your raffle tickets in each of those things independently so you get to basically kind of pick what you're going to try and win and then we'll draw those each out so it's giving you a chance to get the stuff that you would rather have versus you know i don't play soviets i don't want soviet infantry Maybe I'll go for the Americans because I have Americans, or vice versa. I'm like I don't need any more Americans ever again because I have enough. Or you know, Soviet infantry. You just got your ass beat by a bunch of Soviets, so maybe you want to start playing Soviets. Maybe you want to join them. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, I want my gas. Like, give me my gas. I want it now. Um, Yeah, so I think that's uh, uh, we're trying to make it make sure that I, I the thing I've always hated about raffles is I always end up winning the thing that like. I have no use of, like, oh yeah, I right. want a you know like, a 40k tank. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go sell this on eBay. Yep, woohoo, for, something to eBay. Yeah, because that's all I'm gonna do with it, and that's I don't want that to be the case. I'd rather people get the things that they want. <laughs> so hopefully we'll be able to give give a, enough stuff away that people think is relevant yeah. to themselves. Produce, yeah, produce, have enough bundles, and each bundle will be worth. And see, the so. thing I hate is going to a tournament and a raffle and watching Rick win something like that, and I'm sitting there and I never win a damn thing. So you know. Well, I've only won a few things, and none of them have ever been all that valuable. I'm not the guy that wins the whole, like, $300 whatever army box or whatever. You don't, or I don't get the cool painted shit. Army you mean a copy of Dreadfleet? Hey, I, Come on, man. 
I've never won that. I would have loved that. I think it was I the same copy of Dreadfleet right making the round. It's the fruitcake version of Dreadfleet. Oh, it just yeah. gets passed around. All the, It's been I mean, around for ages. I would have probably played that game if I had ever won it. I was never going to buy it myself. But, you know, that that's what I'm saying. Is like I never won something that cool even. It's usually like, hey, I won an, uh, a Goblin Shaman blister pack. You know, like, oh, yay, I'm not using this for anything. I, you don't even know, you know, it's probably sitting in a box in my closet still. You sound pretty ungrateful for having won something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Jesus. Oh, guys. (laughs) Don't worry. He'll apologize for it in a minute. No. No, I'm just comparing myself to other people that have won far more lucrative or awesome prizes. And you're like, damn, I wish I would have won that. But instead of being happy for them. No, I'm ha- no, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm very happy for them that they won it. I'm glad someone won it. But I'm like... Just just quit while you're ahead. Like, just actually, stop, you're just, just quit. Stop. I'm just editing all of this out. No. I think people understand my sentiment, basically, right. saying is, is that I'd rather win something that is cool or relevant to what I want. Yeah, it's we get sim- your selfish bastard. It's all right. It's, it's similar to the concept of a silent auction, except for instead of having to write down auction stuff, you're just buying raffle tickets, and if you want to put your 10 in the one thing you want to win, that's what you're going to do. Right. And or nobody gonna... wants this one thing. I can throw a ticket in there and probably right. win it. Or pick up the little bucket and go, that's pretty light. I might have a chance. Let me drop some in there. You know, yep. whatever. Yep. Yep. So, or hey, that's heavy. Maybe I shouldn't bother putting more in there. My chances are pretty low. We're gonna have a bunch of min maxers evaluating the, <laughs> the lottery scale in the corner. <laughs> there's there's ten in here. I'm no. totally gonna min max the lottery. It's gonna be awesome. Maybe so, we'll make them not clear so you can't really see how how full or empty they are. I think uh, we've talked about formula yeah. Games, they, right? they will be. You'll only be able to guess them by weight. And, we and tickets don't let you weigh that much. So. Shake we'll them see. around a little bit. Jiggle we'll see them. What we allow. Jiggle them. Well, I always oh, jiggle it. What? Are we still uh, talking about the? Well, box? I mean, for charity, you know, you you throw out a couple bucks. There might be a lot of things we're willing to do. Yeah, it's an yeah. understatement. Yeah, and I, I we're in, and like we've said already, we're we'd love to get some toys to give to the Marines. I think they're going to try and they're they're still trying to have a Marine on site. I don't know if they've actually confirmed or been able to arrange that yet or not. But you can bring cash and a toy if you want. Like, there's not no stopping you. We will make sure that all that money gets over to the organizers so they can give a big check to the to the Marines. So, I think that's important too. So, hoorah! Yeah, it's, it's I know, exciting. We're getting we're getting way later than we expected. Is there anything else we want to talk about while we're here? I'm good. I think I've covered everything. All right, so I will this be This may be this. redacted. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I don't know if there's anything we have to go seriously redact at this point, but I don't think we divulge too much. But I think you got so, a totally beep out scenario too, but that's me. Okay. I'll, I can do something over it. Uh, so we. So we're, I'm going to edit this episode, and hopefully we'll have a some kind of... Uh, brief out to show every or to be able to share with everyone at that point. I don't think it's obviously isn't going to be everything because we're not even telling you everything right now. So even though we, get we played this as we're going to tell you everything, I'd like to get the player listing out as soon as possible so people know who's on their team and, and what yep. they're what sure. they're what side yeah, I mean, so they can prep. 
as long as people understand that it's likely do that you want to redact the last names on that list or no actually um along with that list um obviously the email will go out to everybody and it hopefully they can identify who's on their team and even do some pre-planning through e- via maybe emails we, and things. Maybe we'll send out two ep- two emails that are separate. I like one that. One is Axis, one is yeah, Allies. I yeah, an idea. Axis side and email and an uh, Ally side. That way somebody doesn't accidentally reply all something which they shouldn't be Watch out for the there. double agents who end up having to switch because of an ad drop. Oh, fair enough. Damn. Well, and, and that might be unavoidable, so just be prepared for that. Well, that that's we'll, just because life happens. We'll so Winter Soldier and erase their memory. It's all good. Right. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Right. Uh, so somewhere in here I'm going to cut it, but I haven't Ow. stopped recording yet because I haven't actually signed this off. Mm, sure. But uh, so there's nothing else? Snafu over and out. Have a good night, guys. Peace out. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>